All right, guys, thanks for checking us out. As always, and Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. We love what they do, and they, and they have all different types of contests they've been doing, and uh, yeah. they stay super active on social media. I Ryan Kraft with the Kraft family, uh, they do a great job because th- th- they figured it out. You, you're getting ammunition developed by a super genius. I just basically call him Rain Man because that's why it's the best stuff out there. But yeah. it, it also plays into their, their entrepreneurship of the uh, uh, of the of the uh, of Fort Scott munitions as well. So what yeah, fantastic! It's just they have a hard time keeping them on the shelves, right? Yes, now. they do. They're doing their best. Yeah, they do. And they have other great people who really stand behind them, who know their stuff far more than I do. Maybe not as much as you do, but guys like Hank Strange who uh, stand behind them. And and Hank knows his stuff, man. So check them out. Once again, FortScottMunitions.com. And you guys know it by now, but use exclusive code BATTLELINE. Use that as the promo code, one word, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. Let's get right into everything. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. Switches on Battle Line Podcast, and as always, I don't say it enough. The music that you're hearing under us is uh, is done by Jimmy Allen against All Will Puddle of Mud, uh, great artist. So uh, check him out. I don't say it often enough. He did a great theme song for us, and and we love it. Um, big news of the day of the week, of course, is that baseball is back. And you might not know this, but I feel like I'm obligated to mention it just as a New Yorker when we talk about sports. Mike Francesa has uh, retired again from radio. I think this is like the third time he's retired in uh, in like three years. But 
he's only been doing one hour a day on FAN. And uh, he is like, yeah, I want to. He says, I want to spend more time with his fa- with my family. But he does the show from his house, and it's only an hour. But I guess he's just had enough. And hey, I don't, I don't know. If you're doing that for years, I'd be saying I'd had enough too, man. Yeah, maybe. They, guys need to actually retire though when they say they retire. Uh, they just say, hey, we got to be done. I mean, I get coming back two, three times. You know, two times, two times, <laughs> but three times, or would it be the fourth time if he came back? Four times? I, I don't even know. It's hard to add up, but yeah, today I'll probably check it out. It's going to be his last show. But did you, I know you're a 30 for 30 guy. Did you see the 30 for 30 on Mike and the Mad Dog? No, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Oh. It was a good one, man. It was, it was interesting because those two guys were paired up in radio and they really didn't necessarily like each other. Like the first couple of days they were saying to programming, yeah, I, I don't, can't work with this guy. I don't like this guy. Like, just give me my own show. And uh, they insisted on pairing these two together, and they got it right, man, because the show was extremely successful and two very different personalities. Chris Russo is like a really over-the-top, excited, like, hey, how are we doing today, everybody? And Mike is so laid back that he he sounds like he doesn't even care about being there, but for some reason— it just worked, and uh, it's a it's a good thirty for thirty. I would check it out. I will, well, I recommend anybody to watch those. They're they're good stories. They're they're really good, heartfelt stories, and they show kind of what we talked about on the podcast with our guests. With the majority of them, if we get when we get into it, and if if we're not just having a good time, just joking around, but it's the overcoming adversity. It's it's they fail their obstacles. Even some of them growing up. Who the um, you know you've got. There was an Oklahoma runner, and I'm drawing a blank because I want to say Leroy Selman, and that's not. He was a defense. He was on the defensive side of the ball, but he played for um, Barry Switzer at Oklahoma. But his upbringing uh, was unbelievably hard, and he was supposed to be the next Jim Brown. And um, and he he went to school and he had problems, but he was tearing it up, and then he just kind of lost the passion for it and. And, and I think Barry Switzer kind of drove him out too. He just got tired of the coach. I've had that where I've had a coach that I just didn't like, and it's hard to get through a season that way. But um, and it wasn't my dad, guys. My dad coached me too. I love my dad. My dad was a great coach when he coached me uh, for a couple years in high school. But um, do you, do you yeah, still it, keep in touch with your dad? I know you do with your oh, mom. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, no, no, dad. I mean, it's, but yeah, it, 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 in our family, mom is my dad's like. I call my dad, and he'll be like. Uh, did you call your mom today? Like, yeah, I'm calling you. Yeah, I'll call her later. Is she there? Can I talk to her? I'm talking to her right now on the phone. So they're but, like my parents too, still happily married, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, That's yeah, great. They're, they're, good. they're good to go. They're, they've been, yeah, they're, they're the, the standard, you know, the standard how we family should be that they stay together. You marry and you stay together forever. It's the standard, but you know what? I feel like especially with my generation, I feel like it's rare, man. I think it's a it, rarity that my parents have been happily married, you know, probably going close to 40 years at this point. I don't know exactly. It was the standard, but like everything else in today's world, as you everybody can see with there where everybody can be a rock star. So nobody is and the influencers. And I, I mean, it's, it all comes down to, to, to nobody's happy with themselves because everybody's got to be somebody on something, whether it be twatter or talk take or whatever the heck you know everybody's got to be somebody so nobody's really happy with themselves inside just being happy with themselves and i think it affects relationships man it really does it affected me when tanya and i had had decided to to uh to divorce before i we've reconciled because i fixed my shit yeah Yeah. i i was it was my 
I was the one that was all jacked up because you really weren't happy with who you were. And that's what was perfectly inside us. I wasn't really happy. And I, and I think a lot of the social media influences that, which again leads to failed relationships, but also, you know, having, you, you, you don't have, you have a, a dual incomes now. You have both both mother and father, both husband and wife going out in the workforce and, and bro, it, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough on, on relationships. And I don't think there's a priority on relationships like it was when our moms, our mom and dads were growing up either. Although was uh, like, when you say our, we're, we're really from two very different generations. It, I mean, technically yeah, you're old well, enough to be well, my how, dad. How, how old's your, if you don't mind me asking, how yeah. old's your mom and dad? My dad is uh, 69. He's about to be 70. And my mom is 61. Okay. So let's, let me put it this way. Because my mom and dad are the same, right around the same oh, age. Oh wow! Okay. Mom, see, yeah, see, my mom's yes, close to a little, little bit more. I think she's sixty-four. Mom, I'm sorry if you're listening. I, I can't remember, <laughs> but the, you know that generation that was family was a priority, and it should be. Just we've lost that family priorityness uh, today. It's just not there. It's that's not the priority anymore. It's I don't even know what the priority is today in society today anymore. You, you, there's nothing. You, it could it could just be uh, maybe simply making money and that's it, uh, being the be all end all. Because I do think, yeah. yeah, I mean, I do think some people look at money as as their god. It's pretty that's, crazy, man. Well, that I, anyway, it makes sense because then it comes back to all the social media where everybody can be a rock star. Take your shirt off and. <laughs> and show it off and jiggle yourself a little bit, and hey, man, you're you're a rock star. That's how it works. Or or, or, you know, drink, throw up on the sidewalk and then fall into a pole and do that every weekend and make everybody laugh. And you're a rock star there. I, it's, it's, it's that easy anymore. I think it has destroyed it. Definitely uh, destroyed what's going on. So, you know, it was another, uh, just because we were on, you know, it was another good 30 for 30, I thought. <laughs> and I didn't even really know who he was until I watched it. But there was one speech he gave that really resounded with me. With me. Did you see the uh, University of Kentucky coach, Coach Calipari? Josh Calpar. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that one, man. I love that speech he gave where he handed the guys the uh, lotto tickets, the scratch off. Lot- oh, yeah. It was actually a lot like a actual lotto for the state. And he was saying, like, people play this and hoping, you know, that this is their ticket, man, that they're going to be able to make something in their yeah. life. This is all they've got. And he was like, you guys have this opportunity just playing on this team. You have all the opportunity in the world. You can go on to the NBA you can go on and make your dreams come true. He's like, you know, this is your shot right now. I I can't do it the way he did it, but that speech resounded with me because I thought it's true for everybody, man. I think everybody, like, following their dreams, if they really put their heart into that passion, that is your lotto ticket. You just said it again. It's a passion. What's your passion? But you got to find what that passion is. And if that's not your passion, you won't reach to those. Not that you can't. You just won't reach to the levels that you – that that are up in the upper echelon and hard work. I, I think hard work is essential as well, which any coach in the NCAA level, and I know this from experience from being in the NCAA, whether it was Division Two, which is what I was, uh, but also growing up around Division One and from my father and seeing coaches like Lavelle Edwards, that's what I was seeing them speeches they gave just like that. That's why head coaches are the ones that are so good, whether it be basketball, football, so forth. Uh, volleyball, women's volleyball is another one that's so competitive. And I know a lot of that from my, my, my wife, who was a player of the year uh, in the, in a uh, division two when she was a volleyball player um, that they have the ability to motivate. That's their thing. I mean, the, the X's and O's really all stay the same. Yes. There's chess games and all that. 
And then there's people that steal you know, other people's uh, other people's uh, signs, and there's ones that steal their plays through the headphones. <clears throat> Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but the coaches, that's what they get paid for is to motivate, and they have their great speeches. They do fantastic speeches. Um, how I learned how to talk uh, when I do my speeches. The, the what I moted is off of it wasn't off a military person. I used to watch Jim Valvano. That was another good third for third. The Jim Valvano. I've seen that one. Okay. Oh, uh, and um, watch him do speeches. It, whether it went before he he knew he had cancer and then after he had cancer, you know, he knew he had cancer. That dude. That's how you do talks. That's how you keep people uh, engaged. He would always say, you know, and this is how I, I look at when I go out and do talks. So when I go in front of of, of big crowds and do do talks for. Uh, for motivational speeches or whatever they want is that, you know, when you talk, you want to make them laugh. You want to make them cry and you want to make them smile. And you just want to make them feel, feel something and feel all those emotions during a talk. And when you watch him, that's how he is, but that's what you want to make a football player or a basketball player or your, as a coach, you want to make them feel that way too. You want to feel motivated. You want to make them feel well, just passionate about what they're doing. I, that's why I, I miss football. I do. I miss playing college ball. I missed the high school ball. I, I do, you know, I never made it to the other levels, which is fine. I, I'm, I'm glad I went to the army and be honest with you. I, I think I made it to that levels within the armies being in, being in a special operations yeah. community, but you, you have so much, you're getting ready to go do a game and it's a big game and the coach is getting you all motivated and they, they all know how to say the things they need to say. Watching my dad, my dad was awesome. That too, just motivating you. And, um, then you just get out there and you're just, amped up on the field in the crowd and you just get chills thinking about it but it's that beginning where that coach knows how to motivate you and the great ones that's where they make their money it is not really on the x's and o's it's getting the players to play when it's man you don't want to be out there or you're hurt or freezing your cojones off and then of course you go to the army and it takes you to that next level where wow i wouldn't even where i needed i needed to be way up here but just that just that that being around that coach and that family feeling that you guys are in this together. Um, yeah, it's amazing, dude. I would, I would, I'd watch that Calipari one. That's fantastic. Um, there's one about Bobby Knight. Yeah. He went off the rocker a little bit, but still, he's still one of the greatest coaches ever. I, I don't care. You're throwing the chair. Yes. I grew up in that Ryan frame too, though. I grew up around where coaches would put their hands on you. Like, oh, you get your shit together. That was expected. Now people, oh, you're beating my kid. No, you're not. You, 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 yeah, you've screwed up. You're screwing up again. And I believe that. Paul Bear Bryant was another one. That's an HBO special. If you ever get a chance to watch the HBO special on Paul Bear Bryant when he coached at the University of Texas and watch how he just crushed his players. That's amazing. I have three days. I remember doing three days in southern Utah when I played at Dixie, Dixie Junior College. Oh, my Lord, dude. 100 degrees out and you're doing three practices a day. They can't do that anymore because now it's 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 too hard on the it's too hard on the on the students it's too hard on the players. I'm yeah. like, Holy shit, dude! But that's that's where you built up. You just built up that toughness of, and then just getting out in the real world every day. Like, yeah, this ain't no big deal. And then going to the army again. At least I had a base. Yeah, definitely, definitely helped. Can Man, I, I just, can I tell I you something went, completely not sports related? That's a Bobby Knight story. Oh, the Bob. <laughs> you, you got a Bobby Knight story? Yes. Or what? Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard Matt Boyle on Breitbart News on uh, yeah, on Patriot? Yeah, okay, I, I, 
I don't really know Matt that well, but you've probably heard his voice. He's got a more high pitched voice. Doesn't have the more bassy voice, like even me or you, you know. So Bobby Knight, um, you know, he's been a little bit more politically active, openly conservative. Went on Breitbart on. I didn't didn't know that. I didn't know he was really. Apparently so. I I think I think he's a Trump guy, um, or at least was four years ago, and he went on Breitbart News to talk to Matt Boyle. And I don't think he was familiar with Matt Boyle, but he was just doing the show. And Matt Boyle said some – he made some comment to Bobby Knight. And Bobby Knight not knowing – you're laughing already. And I'm not even at the great part. Bobby Knight uh, listening to him say this comment says to Matt Boyle, and he wasn't saying it as a joke. I think this is what he actually thought. He goes, you are a very distinguished young lady. He thought he was talking to a woman, and then Matt Boyle, I think, sunk under the desk in embarrassment. Um, yeah, man, I'm sorry, man. I could, I could see that with. Uh, you can't see your face there, buddy. Matt, you're you're good, dude. No, no harm, no foul there. What? Matt should have come with something. Come with something back. I don't know. And he said, "Yeah, I've been. I, I've had that surgery or something. I've had that surgery, but uh, yeah, I'm still a man at this point. It's something to throw back." <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I I know. I look like you know. I'm I've been hanging around and not going to the gym, so my my boobies are looking like man boobs. But I'm still a man. Bob. I just something funny to, to break the break the monotony or break the monotony, break I, the embarrassment. The yeah, awkward. I was I was laughing hysterically at that. But uh, no, everything you were saying is absolutely true. I think not just in sports, even in the business world, yeah. the events that you do for um, encouragement yeah. and positive motivation. I think all of that is everything. Um, and the people who don't think it's everything, I think, aren't the people who are really, truly motivated to succeed at what they do. Um, and you're right. On the days where you don't want to do something. I'm a huge – I've mentioned on the on the show before. I'm a huge David Show fan, uh, the artist David Show, who did the uh, – did really became a millionaire, multimillionaire overnight for doing the art at the Facebook studios. And um, David Show did this great podcast years ago uh, kind of talking about positive mindset and motivation And one thing he said was he was like, I know a lot of you guys who love the artwork I do, uh, there are days you get home from work and you go, you know what? I don't want to uh, work. I don't want to create right now. I just want to play video games. I want to watch The Simpsons, whatever. And he said, (laughs) and he said, you know what? You're not a fucking artist. He's like an an artist. It doesn't matter if they're in the most depressed mind state, if they are completely uninspired and in like a pitch black room. They are motivated to draw. And he's like, and if you're not motivated to do that day in and day out, I, I'm sorry. I don't respect you. You're not a fucking artist to me. Yeah, and that's the, the drive. you got to have that drive. It, it, it's simple, just simple as, as that passion isn't there. And it's always I keep referring back to passion. You said it once. But I think people miss that, that, you know, you 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 can just kind of finger drill things and we said it's an army term finger drill where you're just going through the motions yeah you know and you may be completely profound at whatever you're doing but if you're not enjoying it then you just you're why do it why 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 continue to do something if you're not having fun in it and, and i know monetary you know, money with jobs and things i get that you know, you get stuck in a job and that's your money and you have to make money and, and not a lot of people nowadays have nest eggs yeah. That they can pull out of a job and say oh, and be okay for a few months. You know, you were very lucky that you at least were smart enough to put something away that when you left the program that yeah. we shall not. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> that, I uh, did, but you know what? I I ran through it to be honest at one point, and and you. it goes quick. Dude. Yeah, 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, and, and luckily I do have family who who's supportive of me, and I know some people are not that fortunate. I think a lot of people do get stuck in that rut of, you know, right, they're working for John Walmart's dream. They're not working for their dream. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think to those people, I would say, I mean, everybody has that time in their life where they have to work a job they're not really into, but it has to pay the bills. I think, yeah, if you could set aside a few hours out of the week, it might not be every day, but a few hours out of the week to follow something that you're passionate about to make a game plan. That's just what you got to do. Um, because if it's just day in day out of routine of something you don't like, you're, you're not going to get out of that. And, and sometimes you can't quit a job for, I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I don't own a home. So I, I didn't have all that to worry about. And those are decisions I've made in my life. Um, people who have made those decisions. Yeah. They yeah. might have to put food on the table and they might be stuck at a certain standpoint, but you know, go home, apply for other things that you're more passionate about, work on things that you're passionate about and come up with a game plan that six months from now, one year from now, you'll be in a better position than you are now. And, and for those of you out there, sometimes that passion is to be at home. That's your, you're working just so you can spend more time at home with your family, which that's my passion now. You know, I, I still have to put money on the table. I do stuff. But my passion is to be the best father or father and husband I can be now. It, it is. You know, I, I do the battle line stuff. I enjoy it. Um, I'm passionate about it, but it's not a passion that I need to make this the best tackle company in the world and build the biggest. No, I, I don't want that's That's fine. I don't need that. I do it because I enjoy doing it. But I, I just want to tell people out there, you know, we've been talking about passions, about becoming and reaching your goals and, and work and so forth. That may not be your passion, and that's fine. If your passion is to be at home and you're just doing that work at for John Walmart or Johnny Walmart to make his <laughs> dream come true, but you're doing it just to pay the bill so you can spend time at home. And that's your passion. That's that's a goal, too. And that's yeah. perfectly fine. Oh, so, I, I agree. Yeah. And you know what? I think you, when you say your passion with Battleline Tactical, I could just see it as someone who's watched your videos, who watches what you do. I think your passion isn't so much as you said that this has to be the biggest company that I have to teach the most people. I think it's that one on one. I am teaching yeah. a guy something he's never done in his life before, and I am building his confidence up. And you know what? Money is not as important as that to you. It I know it is. It is my, the smile. It's the smile. Really, that's the biggest thing. It's the smile and people having fun and enjoying themselves out there and learning a few things or two. But yeah, that's that is that's that makes me feel good more than anything is seeing somebody. Yeah, man, this is great. I'm having a blast when they say that. And then they're doing the stuff right, too, because you, you'll get a lot of a lot of you know, the, the gun community. I'll be honest, it's it's just as bad as some of the some of the liberal communities <laughs> will. Where they just beat each other up, and you do. You have people. Ah, he's look at that. He sucks. He sucks. And I just try to pull out of it and say, no, you know, because that's why I want to say you're having fun. Well, the, the naysayers are the ones that don't don't care for battle line or myself, which is fine. I'm I'm a acquired taste. You know, like me. Um, what would someone? I I just out of, out of curiosity, like, what would someone not like about your instruction, man? I mean, everything you do is really it's, straightforward, it's, and it's, you've it's lived it. That. It's just a com- it's just a competition thing. It's just a put down thing, and, and and that's where I said there's a lot of egos in the two A community and uh, and, and, insec- and insecurity. 
So, so you don't find a ton of it, but every once in a while, you know, oh, yeah, what's he know? He sells sunglasses. I'll get that. <laughs> I go, whatever. You're, you got me. All right, cool. But, but, but I mean, to those people, what led you to the sunglass gig? Uh, look, I, look at why you're there. Why people know your name. <laughs> aged face that's been aged nicely in the southern Afghanistan and Iraqi sun. I mean, I know leather face. <laughs> I, I just know that there's so many NRA instructors out there who, and this is just the truth. They'll be like, "Oh, if you're in a lethal situation and you need to kick down a door," and then you ask them, "Well, have you ever been in a situation like that?" Most of them have not. You've you've done it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where it's where I will tell people no. It's the last thing you want to do is go, especially by yourself, because guess what? You don't have things that we used to have. And then I've done it where we haven't had those things too. And I know the difference. You don't have a, a canine. You don't have a dog to go in there first. So the shock and all. You don't have flashbangs. You don't have a, a a squad of rangers or a team behind you that's coming in right behind you. You don't have machine guns pounding the building, keeping heads down while you go in. You're on your own. So if you have to do that, that's the last scenario. That's 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 family, daughter, somebody, your loved ones in that room. You got to go get them. I get that. Go. You got to go. But if you don't have to, hell no. You back the hell off. Don't be Sergeant York all, taking on the Germans all by yourself. Don't do that shit. <laughs> you, you, you have to. You, there is a time to back away. Um, and that's where the, the training comes in, especially when we do the the. Uh, the home defense stuff, or even when we do just one and two man room clears is we always put in the, in, in their minds that you don't have to go in. If the situation doesn't require you to go in just to go in to say, I got a door knock. I, I kicked in a door. Yeah. You kicked in a door and you got shot in the chest. That's not, yeah. What are you going to tell a story about that? But if you do, this is how you do it. And this is how you do it to, to, to lower the risk of you, taking fire you getting hit but i tell people dude this is remember these guys are in the room already they're waiting on you they don't have any rules they don't care if they shoot a bad guy or, or they don't care if they shoot their buddy that's there with them or somebody through the wall in the next house they don't care so you go in there just be ready for just somebody just going back and forth and brrr. and I, I you know i i wasn't on this off so i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna say that i was right there i was but there, and I don't want to tell his name because I don't know if his family would want his name out there. But there was a two seven five Ranger that that one of the, and he was in a different company than I was. Fantastic, and he was a tremendous Ranger. It was awesome, very much. I mean, he was he was that Ranger smash. Yeah, go in, kick the door down, kick everybody's ass, and that's that's Ranger mentality. And you're able to do that because you have so many other Rangers around you. Spectre gunship, little birds coming out, so you got that. But it's as this easy as that as somebody so experienced that had been doing. A lot of a lot of room clearing there, and uh, and I want to say I, it was Iraq. Was it Iraq? Yeah, it was Iraq. Um, there was a a, a terrorist, an Al Qaeda hiding, Al Qaeda terrorist, AQI hiding in a in a big like an armoire, a closet, and he had an AK forty seven. He flipped at the auto, and all he was doing is when they were coming in the door, he's just going, and he caught around going in. Hmm. And this guy's professional. He's 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 tremendous, and that's as easy as it can be. And he caught him and he caught the, the two man coming in behind him. That's so what I tell people. That's that's all it takes. You can be the greatest person in the world, but you coming in that door. He knows you're coming in the door or she knows because women can be bad guys, too, just as they can be good guys. It can be seals and rangers and so forth because we got them all going to the military. They can also be bad guys, guys. <laughs> they 
they all they have to do is pull the trigger and just do this. You have to aim where you're, you don't have to know where you're shooting. You're just spraying in that room, and it takes one one bullet took him down. Another bullet took his buddy down, and then there was a gentleman. There was another ranger in the hall that had a a saw or a Mark forty six, a saw, a belt fed weapon, and he just stuck it in the room and did it back. He just and took him out. So you can get all this tactics down. You can get to fine tuning the movements, all this shit down, but it's as simple as somebody just pulling the trigger and just spraying in a room just like this back and forth with the muzzle of the rifle and that can eliminate professional professional profound efficient uh room clears operators you know like that and it did so that's why i try to tell people you're right yeah you 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 don't want <laughs> you just because you have a gun and you've been through a cqb class I, I think most guys would tell you that have done it a few times. There's guys have done a lot more than I have. I'm not believe me. I'm not subject matter expert in. There's guys have done it way more than I have. But even they will tell you if you don't have that advantage with that shock and awe, with that surprise, that violence of action is what we call it. Surprise, speed, violence of action. Three keys for for close quarter battle. If you don't have that, maybe it's not the best time to go in through that door. You may want to find another way, or you may just need to wait. But like I told people too, I get it. If it was my daughter, or my son, or my wife. Yeah, I'm going in. Or if it's a school, if you and if that's your job, Florida, that's your job is to go in yeah. there and take people out to save kids. Well, I might die. Yeah, you might. Guess what? You signed up for that shit. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I, I've been there. Get it. Yeah, you might go out that gate thinking, shit, I ain't coming back. I, I get chills thinking because I remember thinking that. Thinking that and that we go back to that night, but that the rest of the time I felt in control. A lot of times where we shut out that gate or we're doing anything, I felt, okay, I got this. I'm in control. I know what's going on. That was the one time where I'm like, because we had let them get so entrenched and we knew that they were outnumbering us because you could just hear all the gunfire, see all the tracers going up in the air, that it's like, damn, not coming back. All right, flip the switch. Let's get the game on. Yeah. And, and you don't yeah. think about it anymore. And that, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to, it's hard to, 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 to it's hard to get people to get in that mindset of that's what it's really like. But you can't unless you've done it. I mean, you really can't. Of course. Yeah. Can't. Well, uh, what you're saying reminds me the one time I got a chance to interview a uh, Medal of Honor recipient, Dakota Meyer, who it would be yeah. great to have on, hopefully, at yeah, some Dakota's point. Yeah, Dakota's a great guy. He's a great guy. From uh, from the time I talked to him, he was. But the thing that he always says when he recalls the incident that he won the Medal of Honor for or received the Medal of Honor for, I should say, he says, you know, I didn't think I was going to die. I knew I was going to die. Yeah, and, you know, I, I thought more of I just, and that guys go that, and that's fine. You, you get that outcome because then you don't worry anymore. Guys that go that route, there's nothing wrong with that because then the worry's out. You're like, fuck it. it. It is. It's more of, fuck it. All right, let's go. <laughs> if I die, I die. Yeah. My mindset was, and I, I sort of like kind of where Jim West is when he, when, when, when Jim was talking to us is that. Which by the way, he's going to be back in studio week, next week. Dude, yeah. Is, is that, uh. I just don't think of the, I don't think of the outcome. Yeah. I don't think we're going to win. I don't think we're going to lose. Just, I'm just being, and I'm going to fight my ass off and you're not going to kill me. It's not going to happen, but you're just not thinking of that outcome. And the reason I do that is because then I don't worry. See, then when I, I hear that, it, it's to the, to the civilian mind. It sounds, that's why people kind of, uh, idol worship some of you guys, because it sounds insane. And it makes you think to, I think to the average civilian, they think, <laughs> You kind of have to be crazy to do the job. Uh, yeah, you do. And they train you to be crazy and you get that mentality because you're around the similar guys with similar mindsets. So crazy breeds crazy <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. 
but there 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 is a method to that craziness and i don't think that's where civilians get it they think it's you're just crazy no the reason being is you got to pull you got to pull that emotion out because emotion leads to anxiety and it leads to worry and it leads to doubt and that's where you go through a lot of your courses too whether it be you know you're going through your recon courses or you're going through your selection with sf or you're going through ranger indoc or ranger school or or anything like that what they're doing is they're <clears throat> is they're trying to get you to stop worrying to 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 work with that anxiety to the point that you just become numb to it and so they they, they just want that's why they're most guys will quit not because of the physical and it is it's arduous all this stuff so you got physical stuff in there but every guy in there by that time when they get to that point can handle the physicality of it they can they're, they're strong enough because they've been through all this stuff up to that it's the mind games the fuck fuck games that i call and i actually wrote about in the ranger way it's that they can't handle of what's gonna come next oh my god what and they will they the instructors that's what they're trained to do and that's what i would do as instructors that you're putting in your these guys heads that tomorrow's gonna be so awful the training's gonna be so awful this is terrible you guys aren't gonna and it's really not it's not but you've put that seed in your head and, and guys that can't handle that anxiety their head just keeps spinning and they go down that rabbit hole and they're like i, I can't take it i don't even want to know what's going to happen tomorrow i can't take it i've seen that happen a perfect example of that is my first time I went through rip twice. Cause I got, you know, yeah. everybody that doesn't know with the army and I came back in the army cause I got thrown out. I had to come back in. So I did rip twice. My first time through rip, what happens is you're at airborne school and ranger indoctrination program is called RASP. Now everybody you're done with airborne school. You got your jumps, you're your five jump chump. You got your wings, you know, you're good. All right. I'm airborne. All right. Well, everybody that's not going to Ranger Battalion, they get to see their family. They get to go and have dinner. They're off. They're having fun. They're celebrating. Well, Ranger, Rip, guys, we have to get in a line and get all of our bags. And I mean, we got to get it done in like five now. You get your shit, get your bags out. So you got your duffel bags. You got them. You got your gear. You got your BDUs on. You got your, your, your PC on, which is your cap. And you have to wait for the Ranger instructors to come get you. So, you know, so, and, and so you're waiting for the 75th instructors to come get you to take you to Rip. And right there, guys, because you see all the celebration, you have to stand at attention. And then you see the ranger instructors pull up and they're in their starched and spits. They're in their starched uniforms, beret canned down the side, looking bad. And they did. They look badass as hell. Their jungle boots are just and this is the first time you can wear jungle boots. Nobody wore jungle boots at Airborne School at my level because you couldn't. Their jungle boots are spit shine. I mean, these guys look sharp and they look like they could. Just they could fucking punch a grizzly bear in the face and and walk away and be fine. So you're already intimidated and they'll walk up and they just start screaming at you. And it is humiliating because they're screaming at you, making you do push-ups, making you do flutter kicks, just berating you. And there's families everywhere. There's there's women from the families, there's women that were in airborne school. I mean, you're you're being emasculated in front of everybody, people you know and you don't know. And then pop you up and they'll just keep screaming at you. And guys are already fucking with themselves in their heads. And you have three guys quit right there. You haven't done anything. And I remember a ranger instructor, a guy quit. He goes, who wants to quit? Who wants to quit? That's always, and you hear that and everything. And one guy raised up, I want to quit. And the ranger instructor walked up to him. And he was, an, he was a young guy. He was an E5, a, a sergeant at the time. So he was a young, new ra ranger instructor. And he goes, why do you want to quit? Why can't you do it? We haven't done shit. And I'm, you've got to stand at attention, but I'm trying to watch out of the corner of my eye without doing this so I don't get smoked because I'm supposed to keep my eyes. And he's like saying, he's trying to get him to stay in, saying, hey, dude, come on, man. But he's doing it in the Ranger fashion, which is just screaming and yelling and F bombs this, F bombs mm -hmm. that. 
but it's that it's that mindset dude. it's that what i'm getting at is that people will fuck their mind fuck themselves up and quit something way before their body just because their minds go out of control coming back to combat what dakota's telling you about what i'm telling you about it's that training right there that starts you on that path where you're able to turn that emotion off because you're trained to turn it off you've been emasculated so many times you've been trained so many times that you just get to the mindset where like hey it's gonna suck so what you know it's gonna this is gonna be terrible don't make it worse than it already is by creating all that anxiety and worry just get through it just get it done let's get it started now it's to the point where yeah let's just get it started get it over with and i dakota same i i know that's where he was going and that's where i'm going we're really talking to we're on the same mindset yeah for for sure it is it, it is it's just you just got to turn that worry off but it takes training to do that and sometimes it takes some ooh, very very hard training to, to be able to get to that point but that's why guys succeed really where i another one maddie waters yeah and he didn't even talk about this in in it when he did his podcast we'll do another one with him for sure yeah, yeah he i can did. tell he has a lot but, to you know, say he, so he unloaded that 30 round magazine after his leg came off Amazing. he had the mindset to shoot and he, he didn't get into it. he's like shit i should have talked about it so we'll have you on again oh yeah but oh, yeah. his gun failed because a piece of shrapnel that went off and took his leg embedded in his M4. So when he was shooting, he got a magazine off, then his gun broke. This is all while he's getting shot and the re why his leg's gone and there's bullets going everywhere. But that's the mindset that comes through it is that you just, you're, what are you worried about? All right, well, shit, I'm hit. And he probably didn't realize he's hit because he's been through it so many times. He's like, okay, let's take out the objective. My brain, the emotions turn off. Now I'm just angry at who just shot me. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, well, I know I'm going down a rabbit hole there, and I, I remember no, I, that. I, I, everything so you're saying is, I think, fascinating, and and it's true for a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, guys like you have had to go through this, and also it makes me wonder. Um, you know, you're a guy who has had anxiety over things later on in your life, and so if you're someone who has that, how do you turn it off? You know, you you have to realize that it's happening. You you you're. It's not. I shouldn't say. I, I wouldn't call it weakness. I called it weakness within myself because during that time when I got out and got into the, when the movie was going yeah. on, the book, gone, I did. I, I, I let myself go from this person, the Tano that was downrange to now being this in public figure Tano. And you start to let little things get into your head because of money, because of popularity, because I got I to gotta have so many followers and you buy into that bullshit of media and social media and how many followers you get because you you think it reflects who you are or you reflects the person that you are well how many followers did i get this week oh man i'm failing i must be i'm just i'm terrible and, and you do you 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 allow yourself that was me i allowed myself to go into that mindset the only way i could pull out of it was saying okay wait a second i'm gonna shit can all this and i'm still the same person i was with 500,000 followers or when I was in Kandahar and Afghanistan. It's so That's funny to me, man, because that is not you at all or even the, the guy that I got to know years ago. I don't I never saw you as someone who cared about social media following or any of that. I've always I, I mean, genuinely meeting you. I just always <laughs> gravitate towards genuine people. And I know the people who are obsessed with. Uh, you know, popularity and fame. And you never struck me as that type of person. So that's yeah, why it's always I, weird when I hear you say that. I, I wouldn't say obsessed. I was going down that road. Yeah. And that's where I stopped. I was like, I, I and that was me being able to see it. You know, you have to be able to see it. You have to be able to see, wait a second, this isn't me. Look in the mirror. And then you have to look at the man in the mirror. And I looked at the man in the mirror. And so I tell guys that are doing the same thing. I said, get that are feeling 
I said, always look in the mirror and go, is this the person I want to be tomorrow? And that's what I would do. And I'm like, God, no, this isn't me. And this is bad relationships, bad, bad uh, working relationships, bad personal relationships. And you, you go down that hole. And that's that's where you have to have the ability to pull yourself out of it. And then finally get that ebb and flow of where I am now, which is I'm just enjoying it. Followers be down. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I get two shit. So, yeah, I, the obsession and being the yeah being the guy that, oh, my God, I got to have eight minutes. It wasn't that. But it was you start to judge your self-worth, which is we're going full circle to what we started with <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast. You go full circle to what your self-worth is applied to what happens on social media. And I was going that route. And it's hard to not go that route when you're in the middle of it. And that's when I was doing tons of Fox News. You know, I had that second book come out. I was doing, you know, 30 speaking events a year, battle line 15. You know, so you, when you have people telling you, hey, I want to meet you. I want to see you. I want to. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, what do you do for this? It's hard to not go into that. Yeah. Public figure. You have to really fight it. And uh, yeah, but coming back to it, that was always remembering back to Range Battalion when I was a contractor. I was like, wait a second. This isn't me. I got to get back to that guy that that didn't give a shit, that wasn't worried about anything, that didn't that just wanted to be. Yeah. And it just it took it did it took me a total crash a total implosion <laughs> crash and burn but i needed to do that sometimes you do sometimes you need to start a brush fire to 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 clear all that old grass to let the new grass grow up all green and that's what i had to do for people that are having issues or having personal problems or feeling that depression or that anxiety or worry you got to get yourself out of the social media pull yourself yeah. out of it you got to get cuz chances are you're judging yourself worth based off that social media and likes and so forth yeah, but and, there is a way to, you can figure it out and to me it should be a, a tool to kind of market things and <clears throat> my, a lot of my best friends really are and and these are people trust me who do not um have that money worship type of thing going on but you know money is obviously a tool that we all use and and i think some of my best friends are like that they have a good bank account but they have a very low profile you know and they're not on social media they don't care about any of that and they they love their life you know what i mean and not just money wise i'm saying they have great friends great family great relationships all that stuff and they're not too concerned i mean i could tell you for me um right now with as i've said with the voiceover stuff that i'm doing i kind of like that it's pretty low profile that someone will hit me up and say hey could you record this audiobook and it's not something I have to promote. It's up to them to promote. Uh, and could you record this script? And, you know, the other podcast that I'm doing in the wild that I'm doing a few for narrative.fm <clears throat> that are coming out, that's like a top, it was, it's been a top 20 iTunes podcast yeah. or Apple podcast, which is awesome. We're up there with like micro and Oprah and all that, but it's, uh, it really has nothing to do with my social media following. If, if it does well and people like my voice, cool, that's great. But yeah, I, a lot of these people have millions of followers. They're not actually like getting paid off of it, which makes me think then what is what is even the point at that, at that point? I mean, if you're not kind of using it to monetize yourself, you know, and you're not enjoying it, then why are you on there? I understand. Maybe that's where you fall into that influencer category, and and your self worth is based off your followers and likes. And I said, where everybody can be a rock star, everybody can be everybody can be somebody now. With all the shit out there, it's hard to to it's hard to not pull yourself away from it because you, your self worth is based off of is based off of 
what people are seeing and, and what they're saying about you on yeah. social media. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and as you always say, man, like negative uh, news travels the fastest, and I think it's all about the divisiveness. And you've said it before. I know, and I don't really care, but I do know this podcast would be bigger if we did okay. the typical like political podcast. I think it would be way bigger, and I don't really care. I, I'm saying, I do. What I've done that route before, and it destroys your mind. It destroys your personality. It just makes you a terrible human being. <laughs> and people can say, "Oh, you crash." Oh, well, fine. Do what you want to do. I just know what it made me. It led me down the path of just being just angry and hateful and 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 blaming, blaming others for failures. That's what we love. Social media does that perfectly. Oh, it's their fault. They did this. Oh, it's his fault. Oh, and then if you want to go on the grand scale, oh, Trump, it's his fault. That's why this. Oh, no, it's Biden's fault. Oh, it's Obama. It's Hillary's fault. Dude, if any of these politicians would look inward, I think. Say, so, you know what? Maybe I am doing something wrong. I admit, but the example for that we need to set for politicians more than politicians setting examples for us is that we need to do that ourselves. Look inside, I'm like you know what? Yeah, I I screwed up. I'm I'm doing this wrong. I I said I I even when I started to to figure this out, I I I uh, I wouldn't go on Fox. I remember, but this I had a writer in Fox that wanted me to write something. This was three years ago. And that's what I said. You know, I, I, I created a lot of divisiveness. I was part of that divisiveness and I was very unhappy and it was more like I made a mistake. I, I don't, but I don't think you should, it was, uh, and I know it was actually to go back to the show with Alex Jones. He said the same thing where that it wasn't fully mistaken that, uh, I mean, I think a lot of what you put out there was important because had you have guys have not gone out there and told your story, the media would have told the story of Benghazi. And, and that's, you know, there's, that's a benefit of that. But I could have stopped there and I just kept going. I just kept going. And, you, and yeah. you see it with a lot of our people. Even some of those come on the show. Those ones yes. that just keep going because what drives you now is like, holy shit, look at all these likes I got. Oh, my gosh, look at I, – I just got another speaking event for – oh, my gosh, look at this. Look at all these people wanting to to follow and know who I am. And, and then that it's not anymore about the story and about the truth. And now it's about, okay, let's just keep creating divisiveness. Because, oh, my gosh, this is my cash cow here. And a lot of people do make a lot of money off that. But what it does is it creates a terrible, terrible divided society. And look look where we're at. Yeah, is it, is it all my fault? Hell no, it's not all my fault. <laughs> but I could have done a better job handling it, which is what I'm doing now. But, Ian, you know, you're, 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 you have told me this before, and I agree with you. I had to learn. So the only way I did yeah. it is I learned. I learned from it. And it would have – it needed to happen how it was supposed to happen. God made it happen how it was Always, supposed to happen. Yeah. But it's also a way for me to say, you know what? Okay, you learn from your mistakes, guys. This is why I made from my mistakes, learn from it or not. But I'm just saying, yeah, I'm glad we said the truth. Believe me, I am. Do I think Hillary needs to be in prison? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Do I think she's going to? No, never. It's never going to happen, guys. So do I think Do I think there was some nefarious actions going on in Libya? Definitely. I've said that on the show before. Um, that whole administration is terrible. We destroyed a country. We literally, we destroyed and turned Libya into a failed state and destroyed basically all that area up there near Libya and Egypt and even almost all the way to Tunisia and even down south down south of Libya. Um, but will there ever be any repercussions for it? No, never, because it wasn't just the uh, uh, Democratic Party that was responsible for us being there. So that being said, though, you know, I put that out. We said we needed to do so the truth came out. And then you just I just needed to end it there, really did, just end it there and not just continue to be that be that go-to guy when – somebody from that administration, that Obama administration did something wrong or is going to have a book out 
hey, let's go talk to Piranha and see what he feels about Susan Rice. So I don't like her. Yeah, I, I, I think she's a terrible person. For and and she lied on on media, but so that's everybody knows that. So let's just leave it at that. Why do I need to beat a dead horse on that? Let's let's leave it alone and move on to other positive stuff that we can handle. How can we handle today's society and not worry about what happened with Susan Rice's book? I don't care. And 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 um. So I had to figure it out. It's just one of those things you, you've got to learn on your own. And either you figure it out or you don't. And I'm a lot happier person for it. And I'm doing just as well as I was back then. And actually, I think I'm doing better because we have, you know, I'm a, I almost feel like an entrepreneur. Got yeah. the podcast, got the gear, got battle line now, speaking, you know, I'm back doing insurance stuff too. Which <laughs> so is great, yeah. Yeah. So, um, how is that yeah, going, by the way? I haven't really asked you. Good. Yeah, no, that's always good, dude. Insurance stuffs, you know, you got to have a, I don't mind nowadays sitting behind a computer and doing work, but it's it's homework. I get to be home, make my own schedule. I get to go run when I want to. I get to go to the park when I want to. I love all that. And that that's the benefit. The work, I enjoy it because I like construction. I love yeah. I love construction. I love the ability to to know how, I love architecture. Architecture is beautiful. And, I, and honestly, in the work, things that I do, um, as an insurance adjuster per se, and I am, I'm, I'm a desk adjuster now. I don't want to go out in the field anymore. I want to be home. Um, you really are helping people because you're, you're the ones that are trying to put their lives back together when, when things, when things go bad, like when you lose your entire house because it just got flooded with six foot of water, that makes you feel good. But, it, 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 but it's just, it's, it's just fun. I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Like, oh, how do you enjoy doing that when you did everything else? I don't know. I just do. I enjoy it. And it was always going to be the, the, the thing I came back to when all the tactical stuff, when all the deployments were done, I was just going to come back to being either a desk adjuster or an insurance adjuster because it, you make a good living out of it, which is good. Yeah. Good people in it, man. A lot of the adjusters are just good, good old boys that old contractors, but good mindsets, great offices that, that the, the companies that are out there. I work for one called administrative strategies, which a lady by the name of Linda Sullivan runs and she's awesome. Um, but then also it's just, I get to be home. You get to make your own schedule. You know how you get it. And it's, 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 to me, it's, to me, it's fun. I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's, it's fun. And then, then it's just as fun to get out there and shoot too. So I, know, I get best of both worlds. Yeah. You're doing what you love, man. Um, yeah. before we get to emails, I, I wanted to ask you about this because I saw your Facebook live that you did maybe, oh, yeah. uh, somewhat inspired by Brad Thor, maybe, uh, talking it up, but yeah, you are yeah, now I doing, was. I was. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you are now doing virtual signings for the Patriots Creed while this is all going on, and you can't really be out there doing what you love, which is actually yeah. shaking hands and talking to people. We're we're gonna try it, dude. Um, we're definitely gonna try to do the do the uh, do a virtual signing. I Tanya is Tanya is the one that really my just like Brad's wife and they, <laughs> Tanya didn't know she didn't listen to the episode, but just like Brad's wife, she's like, yeah, we should let's do a virtual signing. Let's get it done. I'll figure it out. So she's the one that's figuring it out how to do it. So guys, bear with me on the virtual signing. I don't know how it's going to go, but her she's running it along with my 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 guy Jeremy Mitchell that does a lot of the social media stuff for me. Um, fantastic guy, good friend. But um, yeah, we're, we're gonna do just thirty books. So we've already actually it's already got thirty signups. So I got to shut it down and just oh, wow. to see. That was quick. We we're not even promoting it. To see how we can do it, and it, it's for the Ranger Way in thirteen hours too. So they can, and a lot of the people bought most multiple books. Nice. So um, so what we're gonna do, and then we're gonna see how it works. I just didn't want to do it because you know I, I heard how Brad's doing it. I know Brad's probably is he Simon and Schuster? Oh uh, yes, yeah. 
they probably set it up for him. Um, oh, and also they have, I can tell you, I just know from the past with working at Sirius and, uh, you know, the previous job with the libraries and stuff, they have a massive budget that they spend yeah. on oh, libraries no, they, and all that they stuff. Do. No, they, those, the, when you're a big author like that, like the, the publisher I'm with has shit is big, like Simon yeah. Schuster, which by the I'm way, not, if any of those people are listening and want to do, want us to do live reads, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> oh, dude, that's, I hope she should get with you on that. But again, I'm not a Brad Thor <laughs> author. I don't bring that. So, you know, a lot of the stuff I'll do on my own. Uh, and um, so we're going to try it. And if it works with this 30 and it's pretty easy, which I want to do individual ones, not like a, Hey, come to the birth virtual yeah. book signing Facebook or the big room of people looking at me or, you know, a bunch of different screens. It's one-on-one and we're going to see how it goes. And if it does well, then we'll do another one. We just, you know, you got to figure out the ebb and flow first. And, um, and um, yeah, well, let's just, we're just going to see if, if it works and, and if it doesn't, well, then we don't do another one. The yeah. one thing I know, and it's because I know you too well, I, I looked at the description and all this, and it said that it was like a five-minute conversation with you. I am calling it right now. A lot of you guys are going to get like a 10 to 20-minute conversation, I bet. Hey, hey, you know, it's going to end up – but that's the beauty of it. And that's yeah. usually what happens at book signings too. So, um, hey, I was wondering, can we uh, – for qu- how many questions do we have? We just have this? a couple. We're good. Do we want to do more? Do we want to get more questions? Oh, you have now? other you have other questions. I, I was thinking about doing doing the Facebook Live and and then because uh, it looks because I got I, we, we a live stream going. It's on my computer. Yeah, if you, if you want to get to questions, but before we do, then Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. That's F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast, but as we say, stuff is going fast. They have ammunition for pretty much anything you're going to shoot. But a lot of it is selling quickly. So, yeah, just look on there. They're they're restocking when they can. Um, but if you're someone who has a lot of uh, a lot of different weapons, you're going to find something you like. So, like once this, again. Like a lot of different weapons. Oh, my like, God. That is badass. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Get, get the toolbox. I'm already sitting right here. <laughs> sitting right here with the optics on it, man. Dude, the toolbox <laughs> is amazing. So, yeah, yeah. Fort, Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. Once again, <laughs> promo code Battleline, FortScottMunitions.com. Is that your favorite thing to shoot? Oh, it's my favorite gun. Yeah, no, I people ask me, what's your favorite gun? Or if you had all the money in the world, what would be your favorite gun to buy? I said, I already have it. It's my gun, the toolbox. It is. It's 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 an awesome, awesome. I'm a great because I just like to hold it. Actually, a buddy of mine wanted <laughs> to see it. That's why I had it here. It wasn't like I, nice. I sit on my bed with this thing. But yeah, you, no, sl- it's, you it's, sleep it's, with it, you and T- Tanya in the toolbox. Yeah, I'm just sleeping right here, right between <laughs> us. The, the uh, no, it's because it's just so, it's just so cool, man. I mean, just 
It's it reminds me of my John Wick. It's a John Wick gun. Some of you pull out of your tool out of your little hard case right quick and you're ready to go. But no, it, it shoots awesome. I like just I like the small, just the the compactness of it. And then the optics I have, man, that that vortex that UHG, I mean that AMG UH1, it's a Gen 2. Dude, this thing. Man, I, I had an EOTech that night in Benghazi. I wish I would have had this. This is amazing. And it's just another blessing of pushing forward through all this hibbity-bibbity virus stuff is that, you know, we're able to get another sponsor for Battleline Tactical, which is Vortex, which is, dude, they're the top of the market right now as far as optics. I'm like, well, how did I? You just feel so blessed that you get these things. And So for people, new for people listening, where could, they, where could they get that again? What's the website to actually get that? Oh, my toolbox? Just go to my website, chrisTonoPirano.net, okay. and then there's a toolbox. Just hit it. I, I, you can get them right off my website. Honestly, though, I'm you ever heard? I, I've uh, I had forty. I've got fifteen left, and that's in two months. So, so on it, they're they're going, and they've been fantastic. And I love love when they shoot. Uh, they're just awesome. Three hundred blackout rounds, which is a little bit bigger round, and that's my home defense gun too. Nice. So uh, yeah, if you come in my house, uh, just be prepared to. <laughs> Not leave because you're not going to leave physically. You're not going to leave at least, let's put knowingly. And uh, but I, that being said, I, I don't hope I never have to do no. that again. I, uh, but but it, it's just so fun. I mean, you just grab it like it's a toy for a guy that shoots guns, and that's why I love that thing. And maximum defense with the butts with the brace on it, and now nah, spikes tactical with the flip up sights. I mean, all these companies are companies that have come out to sponsor Battleline Tactical and allow me to be a rep. And the, all these companies, if you're in the gun community. Spikes Tactical, Maximum Defense, Fort Scott Munitions, Vortex. I mean, that's that's a reputable bunch of people. Those are some tremendous companies that make great gear. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel completely blessed to have those guys because is that they're they're top of the tier. They're they're top of the tier as far as gun makers, custom gun makers. So and don't forget medieval. And medieval, I just don't have a medieval on this one. I can't put a. I have a medieval because it's shorty because it's got a seven inch barrel. You can't put a foreign grip, which is what I've it's called the VFG, the vertical four grip that's 360. I have one on my Spikes Tactical uh, weapon system that's a suppressed. It's not legal to put one here. It's illegal because this is considered a pistol. And I and I don't I, I don't know why the guard I, I think it's just to make more money on a tax stamp to get, but I can't put the four grip on this one. But yes, medieval is another one that's tremendous. But I don't have I can't put the four grip on this gun or it's illegal. And uh, the ATF could actually kick my door down and confiscate my gun and even even take me to jail if they want. If, if you want to find an asshole ATF guy, he could if he wanted to. But, yeah, medieval's tremendous. And I just can't have the foregrip by, uh, legally yeah. on that rifle because the barrel's too short. So so with that, man, um, you want me to get to the questions here first? Do you want to get to people? Yeah, let's do the questions first. And then I've got it set up now, you know, because we did that last one. You could hear my keyboard going. Yeah. Well, I got computer. I've got it set up now. So. I, man, if we only have a few, I'd love to, man. Yeah, I think that's right. So you want me to start with these, though? Yeah, let's start with those. And, guys, if you're watching right now, if you have any questions, how many – How many? we're going to do these two, and you know I'm going to talk for about 30 minutes. No, I'll shorten it down. <laughs> You're cool, man. Right. I'll, start with, uh, I'll start with this one, which is a question for you from our friend Audacious Andy. Good question. Uh, so she wrote, music being a form of therapy, as it is for me, Chris, what music is on your playlist when you work out and run, and which song can you listen to over and over again, and it still feels like the first time you've heard it? Thank you, Andy. Uh, you know, I have uh, I have a very, 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 a very, very varying playlist. 
On my workout playlist, I've got a group called Aquid, which is a they're a they're a Spanish they're a Spanish they're not Mexican they're a Spanish rap group. Oh, they're awesome, dude! I li- love and they're old school Spanish rap, but they bring in the horns from like the the old. So you've got actual horns and they're rapping to the old. When you go to a Mexican restaurant and you hear the mariachi, you know, you hear the play, yeah, it, it, it's not really mariachi. There's a name for it on the horns, and I forget the specific name. But you know, you've got tubas and stuff playing. Well, they do that and they rap to it, and it's oh, dude, it's awesome. So the Aqua, they're called A A K. Uh, if you're any guys, if you like, and you can speak Spanish, but you don't necessarily have to speak Spanish to to enjoy because it it's great music. A K W I D Aqua. And then I have, uh, of course, Five Finger Death Punch. I got Puddle of Mud on there. Yes. Blurry's on there. No, definitely. I got Corn on there. So I got my hard stuff. And then, honestly, then you'll then I've got some soul stuff, and there's some old school, and there's some old school, just old school pop music. Uh, George Michael's on there, so he'll come in. Um, and then I've got... Um, Oh, I mean, I can't make fun of you because I'm the same way. I'll have Britney Spears, and then I'll have, like, oh, yeah. the Acacia strain, you know? It's just something that gets you going. And then, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You got, dude, you, Earth, Wind, and Fire's on there, and then you got some country on there too. I got some, uh, um, got some, uh, Lord, um, I'm wondering cat. for Tonto, is it like old school Hank Williams senior country or like new pop country? No, it's it's for workout. It's the newer stuff. It's low cash. It's um. Bradley Gilbert, you know, stuff like that. But it's it's stuff that still has like soul. It has to have some soul to it. It's got to have some funk in it. And like I said, a lot of the country music comes from bluegrass, too. So it has that yeah. funk in it. So, yeah, low, low cash and it's a little poppy. But, um, yeah, then then you've got all that remains as well. Two weeks. I've, I'm telling people I people think I'm bullshit. And I think Phil even thinks I'm bullshitting him. <laughs> but two weeks to me is still the greatest rock song. It's it transcends. For years, it's 20 years from now, it's still going to be the greatest. I don't know. It just hits so hard and so fast for workouts. I love that song. Um, so we've got a different, different, uh, a whole bunch of them. And then, then um, I wish I could remember the group. It wasn't the barge, but it's an old set. It's an old soul group. But I have New Edition on there, too, which nice. I know them. Yeah, people knew no new edition Earth, Wind, Dude, and Dude, I, I got to see them, like, when I was working at Sirius in that fishbowl studio. And... Oh, well, and I took a piss next to one of the members. It wasn't Bobby Brown's. I don't oh, know which one. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I'm like, I'm next to some guy from New Edition right now taking a whiz. Look, look at Andrew just said wham. I love wham. Yeah, <laughs> George Michael, there. that dude, you can give him all crap in the world. That dude was talented. Could sing. And oh, hell yeah. Singers could sing, man. Those guys, and it was good stuff. Um, but that's my workout. My workout is just a, a plethora. Yeah, as a, a plethora, as they would say in Three Amigos, a, preth- a plethora el jefe. Well, since, since you're talking, you know, just versatile music, I don't know if you've been seeing these versus battles on Instagram that they've been doing. So they've uh-uh. been having like different people who have really large catalogs doing like part of one song and then another guy does a part of another song. And this past uh, week, actually a few days ago, they had Snoop Dogg and DMX and this thing got like two million viewers and it made me realize, man, I mean, I grew up on both Snoop Dogg and DMX, yeah. and <laughs> you do not realize 
what a catalog both these guys have. Because for like two hours, it was like hit, hit, hit. And it was hits they were featured on. And they're like, I forgot this song. I forgot. And, you know, for Snoop Dogg, it's like still DRE, Gin and Juice. And, uh, you know, DMX is doing uh, Party Up and a million. And you're like, wow, the catalog of these guys. It was kind of how I felt actually one of the last concerts I saw pre-COVID was Aerosmith. Awesome, awesome show. And it was mainly a greatest hit set. They played about two hours, and I left that show thinking they actually didn't play I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. They didn't play Janie's Got a Gun. They didn't play Pink. They didn't play Jaded. And I was like, you know what? If Aerosmith was to play every hit, it would be like a four-hour set. They have so many hits. It's it's those people that are just around forever. Uh, And Snoop Dogg, speaking of him, his very really his song that broke him out was off the soundtrack of Deep Cover, yes. the Long Fishburne movie. That's where I first started hearing with with Dr. Dre, and people don't realize that Snoop Dogg actually was. That's where his breakout song was. It wasn't his own album. It was him. It was a Dr. Dre song, and he was just with Snoop Dogg, Snoop Doggy Dogg at the yes, time. Yes, that's right. And uh, if you listen to that, if you have that, and that's actually on my workout playlist too. Uh, one eight seven. <laughs> yeah, you're like some of our listeners are not going to be a fan of this song. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but is yeah. If you have me or not, but it was uh, it was yeah, it was awesome song. That's that's just how far back he went. That was what 1994, I think. <laughs> I it's, it was. it's unbelievable, um, man. Time really flies because I even remember some of that <laughs> stuff as young as I was. Um, all right, I'll get to another one here, and then we'll get some people that are watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. This is from Adam K. This is an interesting one. And he first says, hey, guys, thanks again for taking my questions for Derek. It was one of my favorites, although I might be biased. I have plans in the near future to, in fact, visit both of your home states. I'm looking for some help. What's one thing you would recommend in each category that really gives visitors the full experience of New York City and Omaha? And he has uh, three different categories here. Fun thing to do. Historical thing to do. And best place to eat. Open to all suggestions. Thanks and keep them coming. Adam K. Go ahead. You go first. You know what? So Omaha, New York. Here's my honest opinion when I read this email. <clears throat> I, for the foreseeable future, would not visit New York City. All of the things that you would enjoy here, I don't know what you would do. You know what I mean? Like, if I lived somewhere and I wanted to go on a vacation... I would go to all the natural things we we're talking about, whether it's like the Rocky Mountain National Park, Grand yeah. Canyon, because you can go there. You don't have to wear a face mask. You're not going to be in a crowd of people. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. If you come here, the great things to do in New York City are like going to a concert at Madison Square Garden or a great small venue like Webster Hall. Can't do that. You know, yeah. uh, all, all these, gr- you know. Sitting down inside Del Frisco, can't really do that. You know, if you want to splurge on a steak, go go to a Met game or a Yankee game, can't do that. So I would opt for not going here. Honestly, I don't know in the foreseeable future when things are going to get back to normal. It 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 is not a whole lot of fun here, man. You walk outside, and also, and, and I don't mean to, you know, laugh at this or any of that, but. Just the amount of homelessness and the amount of people you see that are on drugs roaming the streets. I mean, it's more people than are working right now. And, it's, really, really. and you know, I feel sorry for the whole situation. It's, I certainly – this is not where you want to go to uh, visit, though. And, you know, some of these guys, I will say, you see them with signs that say that they're veterans. I don't know how many of them really are veterans. But yeah. you know what? If one of them is, that's one too many. And it's 
it's definitely not the happiest place right now. Where I live on Long Island, however, you know, things are getting back what, to normal. What about Long Okay, then what about Long Island? <laughs> um, I, I've never been to Long Island either, dude. I, yeah, you got to come. Well, yeah. I think the greatest pizza place of all time is right by me, Salvatore's in Port Washington. So that's a big one. That That is like true New York pizza as far as I'm concerned. Is that um, where you have to stand outside? I mean, is there a line outside? Do you have to get usher and you sit like in a big... No, I mean, as, when when it's usually open the way that it normally is, which, you know, not a lot of things are the way they normally are right now. But, um, no, it's like a brick oven pizza. You choose the toppings. They bring out a whole pie. Uh, it's it's a little bit more pricey, but it's really good, man. Really amazing. Oh, so, oh wow. And yeah. then fun thing to do. I, I mean, I'm a concert guy, and all of that is shut down. That That's a fun thing to do for me. I would actually say maybe take a drive out to Mohegan Sun. Mohegan Sun is back open. I love it there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. great food yeah. there as well. And you actually don't have to have man- mandatory masks there. I've, I've seen people just looking on Instagram at people at Mohegan. So it's kind of back to normal. Um, historical thing to do, uh, hmm. I don't know off the top of my head, man. This is a, this is a tough question. I know that there's like Teddy Roosevelt's home on Long Island and all that, which I saw when I was much younger. That's definitely historical. So I'll be going with that off the top of my head. And, uh, how about Omaha then? Omaha. Well, you come on, there's, <laughs> there's not a ton of stuff to do in Omaha. It's, it's all right. You, the zoo, you got the Omaha Henry Dollar, Henry Dorley Zoo. Um, I make sure I should. Yeah, got my little got my little stuffed animal down here from it. Henry Dorley Zoo. Um, you know, I, I think just even just going downtown and walking around, just the old district there is is pretty still pretty cool. Um, it's still old, you know, older shops. Uh, um, but it, it's become a little bit boutiqueish, so it's kind of lost some of the historical stuff that down there. Even though it tries to, but when you turn to boutique stuff, it, it does lose a little bit of its past. But you've got the um, museum, the Durham Museum, which is awesome. I mean, just no, you think normal stuff in Nebraska that you go do. You know, Durham uh, Durham Museum is fun for a little, for just even the first time, especially coming around Christmas. Huge Christmas tree. Um, the zoo. Uh, then you've really, for the most part, honestly, with Omaha, as far as just seeing things, that's it. I you, I, I would get out of Omaha and drive to little cities like a. Uh, to Kama or get out to Fremont or get out to some of the places that still have the old downtowns. So you see some of the Americana stuff. If you're going to come out to though, if you come out Thanksgiving time, uh, Vala's pumpkin patch, it's, it's still a pretty fun place. Again, if they're going to be open, they'll just regulate the number of people they have in, which to me is better because now you're not crushed with tons of people and you yeah. actually can enjoy the, the, uh, the, the attractions um, to eat. Oh, you know what? Garotz is still around. If the old steakhouses, the old old steakhouses that still serve you, know, you can get a plate of spaghetti and a little bowl on the side with a big chunk of meat. You know, Omaha steaks. Omaha's famous yep. for its for its beef. Um, but um, old ones like Garotz, or if if it's open anymore, you you, you got the finer steak places like the Chop House, Paxton Chop House, Sullivan's is a nice one too. Which Sullivan's is a chain, it's a pretty cool one little here. Um, but then you've got the little local local breakfast places, which is kind of nice too. Uh, and there were some out there in uh, Florence, Omaha, where I live, Florence, Omaha, Florence, Nebraska, that you can get out to, and it's uh, it's just a little corner donut shop. Uh, right in Florence, which is North Omaha. 
Um, really, that's you know, I, I would say when you're in Omaha, come during you know, it's it's nice now. It's green. There's a lot more trees in Omaha than what people think. But I would I would wait until the fall. Fall is where you want to be here when the corn is up to over your head, and it, it it's you know that's what reminds you of the Midwest. This is what you think. And then there's tons of pumpkin patches out here. And then south in Plattsmouth, there's one of the most famous, scary, it's around Halloween time, come around Halloween time, the most famous, uh, scary houses you can go into. And it has artifacts of possessed dolls and so forth. And people actually, it's been on, if you've ever seen the, you ever watched the movie, it's on a Discovery, I think it is, or Travel Channel called uh, Paranormal, um, it's not Paranormal Activity. Oh my gosh! Paranormal caught on camera. Okay, and it's real camera, like people actually carrying, catching ghosts and stuff for it's real. A, it's real a movie or a show? No, no, it's a show. It's okay, a, it's you a, said movie. It's, it's, I was it's like, a true life like a show. show. I know. I said paranormal activity that movie. It's it's on the Travel Channel called A Paranormal Caught on Camera. Well, they they did a special on one of the houses here down in south of Omaha, and that dolls actually fall off and move on their own because they have you know they have security cameras in there when they close it down. And things move on their own in the room. And you can go actually go visit this during Halloween. And you can either do the the non-scary one, which you do the walkthrough, or you can do the scary one where you actually, they put you in there, shut off the lights, and you have to go through the house. And there was a lady that attested, this is why it was on the TV show too, is that she attested that a spirit followed her home from the from the house. So she was having hauntings in her house after she visited the house there in uh, South. It's called Plasmid, Nebraska, which is south of Omaha. Do you buy into that or? Uh, do I buy into spirit? Yeah, I believe there's spirits. Do I buy it? No, it's cool to watch, but do I believe there's a slender man and all that? Out? No, 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 I don't think there's no Bigfoot either. Unless I see it. You know, I am, dude. I got to see it. If I don't <laughs> see it. No, but it's still cool because if you let your mind go yeah. and play, because if I do haunted houses, I do. I like to have fun. I let the mind go that, yeah, this is haunted. It's it's cool. It's cool to feel that little because, you know, it's the same adrenaline. So, um, but no, not really, <laughs> no, but it, but it's still a cool place to go see. Cause they do have artifacts everywhere of these possessed pieces, uh, possessed items, whether it be a cash register or like a, a dolls creep me out, dude, possessed dolls, all the old Charlie McCarthy dolls, those things, Annabelle, those things freak me out. I think it, just cause they, even if they're, they say they're haunted or not just cause they're too damn lifelike. And I'm just imagining me waking up with a Charlie McCarthy doll. That's the that's the old hamp with the. You ever see? Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna look it up. But you ever see that clown motel that they have? I don't know. I think it might be in like Texas or no. that would freak you out, man. It's yeah. like it's yeah. like it's like an evil clown motel. I think it may be shutting down, but it and it's on a graveyard. Like you look behind, and it's a great world famous clown motel. It's in Nevada, dude. If you look this place up. It is pretty scary looking. I and there's a guy I think who wrote a book about staying over there for a month. He just like wanted to see how weird it was. And, did, oh my lord! And it's like would... it's the type of part in Nevada like that you sh- that they show you in like casino to bury a body. It's like middle of nowhere Nevada, and it's this clown motel with clowns in cages and. Uh, all the rooms have like evil looking clown memorabilia and you look outside and the view is a creepy looking graveyard. Oh my, that would be, I didn't even know that's the coolest thing ever. I got to go to that clown motel. All right. Who out there on Facebook live wants to go to the clown motel? Anyone? anyone? (laughs) Any, uh, are we getting any questions from them that we could get to? I, I, 
they keep scrolling, so I miss it. I miss. All right, guys, if we got any questions, ooh, Eastern State, let me know. Guys, go ahead and tell me if you got any questions, and we'll answer them here on the on the show. All right. Oh, yeah, Andrew, Andrea Rose Body. She said she'd go to the Clown Motel. It's, um, it's pretty – I mean, like I said, some guy did, I think, a GoFundMe to stay over there for either a week or a month, and he wrote a book about it. And, uh, yeah, it looks it looks pretty weird. I don't know if I'd be up for doing it. I think it may be closing, um, though. But, yeah, anyone who uh, wants to check it out, Google, like, Clown Motel Nevada, and uh, you'll have nightmares. You know what, bro? I, looking at that – if we had the maybe if we ever have the capability to do a video, we should do a show. We should go stay at the clown motel and do a show from put us in the most haunted, creeped out clown room and we'll go do it. We'll do the definitely do the show. Yeah, have like Raph do the video, stay with us. Yeah, oh dude, that dude, we could. We could put that out on who wants to who wants to stay at the clown motel with Ian and Tonto? <laughs> I got a hand. Frank Westcott said he would. He'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we ain't got any questions. We got a few. I didn't tell anybody I was coming on, so there's a few on there. Um, but yeah, no, no questions at this point. Well, man. you know what? I'll I'll say this, man, for audacious <laughs> Andy's question. Uh, even though it was a question for you, I, I just wanted to say, man, I've been listening to that new Static X album, and I know you always don't stay up on who died and who didn't die. So Did somebody died Static X. Well, years ago, yeah, yeah, oh, years hey, ago, what, Wayne, Wayne Static died. Um, you know. But the remaining members put together an album with some of the old Wayne Static material, and they're calling the new lead singer Zero. It's really Edsel Dope from Dope. I'm sorry to burst the bubble of anybody who doesn't know who's behind the mask. But anyway, uh, they put out an album, and it is awesome, man. I've been listening to that thing nonstop. So, yeah, if you're a fan of kind of, uh, I mean, Static X is always like that heavy stuff mixed with the electronic vibe, yeah. and as Wayne Static called it, evil disco. Uh, I I love the new album, man, and that's like my favorite thing currently. So uh, I got I got to listen to, it, but you're I didn't know that I don't stay up on the discs. <laughs> yeah, no, he I, died a while ago, man. But uh, <laughs> I, it's cool they reformed. I got to see the current band. With Zero, a.k.a. Edsel Dope Live, before the pandemic. They were, uh, last summer, great show. Had an awesome time. Dope opened, um, and it was just an all-around great time, man. I saw a few really good shows pre-pandemic, so I'm looking forward to when we can get back to normal, man. The last one I saw was, you know what's the last one I saw? You'll be familiar with this. I saw Starship at Mohegan Sun. and. Yeah, man, and Mickey was the, Thomas. Was it the real cast? Was it the 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 original from Jefferson Airplane? Was well, it that cast? It's Mickey Thomas, you know, Mickey, who's the Mickey. guy. The, yeah, yeah, the main guy. The, yeah. the woman doesn't really do any touring anymore, but uh, yet yeah, he still has an amazing voice. And, you know, they did Sarah, and nothing's going to stop us now, and uh, we built this city on rock and roll, and <laughs> I had a great time, man. I will always drive to Mohegan Sun if there's a show I'm remotely interested in. It's just such a fun place. I love the sushi place at Mohegan Sun. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Why didn't we tell the people on the East Coast, get out there? That, that's what's cool. Is it's, it's really not a – I did a speaking event at their big venue out there uh, a few years back. And um, it's it's a casino, but really it's got that whole shopping area. And the sushi place is yes. amazing. Yeah. It, it's some of the I, best I sushi like ever Just walk around, man. That's what I tell people. Get out there and walk around. Just go go hang out. In it. It's it's. It, you, people need that stimulation from all the lights and blinking that they don't get 
that they used to get every day just walking around the city. Yeah. I don't know if people need that. You got to have that overstimulation a little bit. Well, the, and the thing I like about Mohegan Sun, because the last time I actually hung out, two times ago when I hung out with you was at Atlantic City. I am going to say it. You know, I have a good time oh, when I go, but Atlantic City, kind of a dump, not in a really nice area to say the least. And there have been times where I've been in the casino and next to me, some guy sits next to me and starts begging me for money as I'm throwing away money in a machine. And Mohegan Sun is a little bit more of like a destination. You got to drive out there and it's, you know, the women get dressed up. They're looking pretty hot to go out to the clubs there. And it's it's a fun vibe, man. And, and that concert venue, the Wolf Den, just watching a concert in that casino, it's such a cool atmosphere and the, one of the times i got to go man mark slaughter put me on the guest list for inside the wolf den and that is awesome when you get to it's a really intimate performance and uh just being that close up to the stage so yeah i suggest people check out mohegan sun they're not a sponsor i, I just love mohegan sun you hear that guys if you're on the east coast go to mohegan sun it's <laughs> cool it is this coolest places ever i i did enjoy that out there when I was out there as well, honestly. And that's cool that it's open. Yeah. I mean, that, that is definitely giving people something to do. I just hope it doesn't close. Things don't shut down again. And, but who knows? I, you know, better. I don't really know what's going on. Maybe, maybe feed me. What, what the heck's going on out there? I honestly, I think our area is doing good. You know, it's, it's Arizona and Florida that are not in the best of shape, but are know. they still, are they still not? They- yeah, but my friend in uh, Sedona, basically, not Sedona, he's in Scottsdale. Sedona, Scottsdale is basically how New York City and where I live was <laughs> a month ago. It's complete shutdown. So, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. You know, but on the positive side, baseball and all that is back. So, there, there's, you know, I think things are looking up, or at least I choose to look at it that way. We did get a question here. Um, oh, Chris, tell us about your tattoos and what they mean to you. Good and the question, dude. Did Yes. Oh, yeah, I got tons of them. Um, Get into them, man. Your back piece, that thing is awesome. Yeah, the the, the movie did a great job showing They want to see you take your shirt off. No, I'm not taking my shirt off. No, I don't do the shirt. Every once in a while on Instagram when I'm doing it, I'm out running, I'll I'll do something if I think it's cool. But just to take it off, no. You know you're going to get a ton of comments now. No, 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 no. Um, But, no, I I had a tattoo. Well, the arm ones you can see. That's right. That's the Ranger tattoo and. I got that when I was at Ranger Town. And after I got my tab, when I went to school, got my Ranger tab, I got that done. And it was done awfully, but I love it because it's like a jailhouse tat. Like somebody just drew it in there, <laughs> but I'll never get it fixed because it meant a lot. Because, yeah. you know, you, that's what you go. You feel like you're a real Ranger. Finally, like I made it. I made it. Got my Ranger tab. I'm Ranger Battalion scroll. Got everything. And um, I got that one done in Tacoma. I can't remember where it was, though. And honestly, I, I don't I don't remember exactly who did it. <laughs> But it's such a long time ago. Then the this, these all, this actually, this Crusader cross, what's inside of it, that's the Ranger shield. So if you get the DU, it's called the Distinguished Unit Insignia. It's the shield, and it's got the, the colors in it. That's what the colors come from. They just say, oh, yes, check that out. Um, but that one I got just when I got back. I can't remember. I came back from a deployment. I think it was Kabul. I may, I, I, it may have been Mosul. I can't remember. But I just like, yeah, man, I felt protected. Let's do something. It meant something like, yeah, I feel real protected on this op, on what we're doing out there. So I got that done and it meant something because of the Crusader cross, not because of the, definitely because of the Crusades, but I like the cross and I do, I'm, you know, Christianity. I am, I'm t- terrible Christian, but I am, but 
I do. And I wear the cross here. I did like that style. And then the DUI with the Ranger colors in it. Well, I, I'll always be a Ranger through and through. Um, and then um, when I got back from um, uh, Kandahar and then I was in Afghanistan, another trip in Kabul, I got that one done right here. Take it off, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> but the, dude, that one, I was like, man, I, I just wanted to do something that American flag, but not just the flag and like it was underneath my skin. Yeah, and that biomechanical was, type thing. It, it was cool. And I got it done here at Omaha. I think they're, they're called Omaha Tattoo. My tattoo artist, I think he died. I don't know. What oh, wow. <laughs> He's not there anymore. I mean, this was years ago. Like, hey, is what's his face here? No, we don't know. He's left and didn't come back to work one day. We haven't seen him in a year. <laughs> like, well, okay. Um, but that one, it was because you do. You, you, at that time, you, you're downrange working. You do. I, you know, the... Uh, there's a, a scene in in tribute 13 this is why 13 hours is not just about 13 hours but it's about other 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 experiences there's a there's a there's a line in there that ron says that yeah we used to you know used to do stuff for we we used to do this for something bigger but that something bigger is gone that's how all of us kind of felt when we came back you know when i did that one i felt like i was on a mission for something bigger to protect the united states i thought our politicians had our best interest you know Stand for the flag. I, I still believe you stand for the flag. I think you should. You know, you have the right to. Of course. We'll get in, we don't need to get into that unless we want to after. But, you know, I stand for the flag, respect the flag, you know, the flag draped coffins. And so it was. It was something bigger, man. I felt like I was really America. I was out there fighting. I was, I'm, a, I'm a warrior for America. So that's what the oh, flag Oh, 100%. Came and it, if I could just throw in one small thing yeah, there. Um I, we, I've been telling him, he's been asking to come on for months and I'm like, we will fit you in at some point. Uh, L Christian Bustler was, uh, he wrote a book about it. He was the, one of the mortuary Marines and he did all the flag folding for the, for the yeah. coffins. And I think he may have even done them for the guys who died in Benghazi. I believe he said, um, yeah. and he'd be great to have on man, because that really is what the flag, you know, means. It is. It does. It, it, it was. It's been hijacked, and I won't go down that rabbit hole yet. Maybe if somebody asks a question about it, but it was. It's been hijacked with this movement of, and who it represents. Like it just represents law enforcement. No, it doesn't. It represents this country. Let's not compartmentalize where that's the only thing it represents. And to me, it doesn't. It represented me fighting over there. It represented my other guys I was with. It represented this nation of freedom. That's what it represented, and that's what I thought I was fighting for. So that's where I had it. It's there, ripping out, seeing, turn on my skin. Um, you know, I still love the flag. I still love this tattoo, but that's something bigger. I used to fight for to me. It's gone. That's why that's really in the movie. That's, it was what we all, and I felt till this day, but that's why it's there. And I still see it. And then against the huge St. Michael tattoo around that same time frame. I've been doing a lot and I had a, had a piff, not an epiphany, but that I one sitting, is like the nicest piece of artwork. Yeah. That's, that's the big one on my back. But and, that's, um, I think that's the most artistic PCI. That was, and the most painful. <laughs> it took a while to do. Actually, it took two days, two eight-hour sessions. And uh, we did it in two days because I had to get it done then because I had to redeploy and I wanted to heal. But that's the St. Michael tattoo revelations. I just changed it a little bit. Instead of a sword or St. Michael's vanquishing the devil, you know, during revelations, it's it's a spear. with with the, But the spear handle is a cross. So you got a spear handle cross. And, um, but then you got the wings and St. Michael vanquishing the devil. And that was sort of a thing of me vanquishing some of my own demons that I was trying to get rid of. And I was still trying to figure out who I was. I wasn't the best person back then either. 
Um, but also was, I felt the devil was over there whenever we were fighting because I saw some of the atrocities that Taliban did and like terrorists did, you know, and you, you deal with that and you feel like that's the devil, even though they think that we're the devil. It's, it's almost, you know, this is the, the clashing. But at that time, that's what I felt. And I was always felt protected. So I, it doesn't feel like I was that avenging angel. It wasn't that. It was I was protected and, and uh, you know, St. Michael had me and and that were vanquishing the devil and that picture to me thought I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So that's where I did it. And, <clears throat> and it was during the deployments early on before all this was done before Benghazi. Then I did get one more done when I got back from Benghazi. It was says Ronan Bub. And it's just a, like a memorial um, uh, scroll it has Ronan's name and then Bub's name. And it goes right there on the shoulder. And uh, that's it. That's that's the one I got back when I got back just to memorialize them. Um yeah, it, it, I think it was the right thing to do because because they did they did man they man they they man they they shouldn't have, shouldn't have died I mean it just shouldn't happen but again I think all of us that come back say man they shouldn't have died our buddies shouldn't have died I think Dakota would tell you the same thing Maddie would tell you the same thing but it is what it is and and it's a way to me say respect say yeah you guys you guys are the heroes not me I lived you guys gave all so tomorrow we memorialize them. It was a good one. And they're all, all those were done by my one tattoo artist. All these, these ones were done by my tattoo artist. Oh, the guy, I think that died. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him at Omaha Tattoo. I think they're called Omaha Tattoo. And then I have this cross that I did when I was in the army. No, it's on my, I won't raise my shirt up, dude. But it's the, uh, it has a cross and it's my kids. It's my, it's yeah. when my first son was born. My oldest was born. We had a cross and I put his initials KJP right there. And then, um, the cross that my wife first bought me had love, honor, courage in the, in the handles there. So that's on the, it's on the handle. So it's love, honor, courage down. And then as my kids were born, I put their nicknames on there. So Bubba, Princess, and then Peanut. And then I, my wife, I always called Angel. So it's on there. I haven't put Peanut on there. Peanut's going to go right here. Nice. So I have Bubba, Angel, and Prince, or Bubba, Princess, and Angel right here. And that's their, their, their call signs. That's the Piranha House call signs. And that was the very first one I did. But then I just add to it when the kids were born. So that, that's no, all, man. I said, Lucy said, no, let's see it. Let's see it. Got it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> hey, you have, you have posed shirtless before. Why not Facebook Live? But you really, you really uh, had to like step up your game to do that spread, right? Like, did you go through the whole thing of like water depletion and no, carb depletion? Uh, no, people. Are, I don't do anything. I I work out as hard as I do so I can eat what I want. When I did that ballistic shoot, I ate a I played a nachos before we did the shoot. Dude. See, that's crazy. That's crazy to me because I feel like if if this was going to be immortalized, which it is, it's immortalized in that yeah. magazine. If I had to suffer for a week and cut out carbs and cut out water to look my best, why yeah, not? No, that's, no, just you just got to. That's what I told people. You just got to step your workouts up a little bit. When you could have. You could have looked even more five, shredded. Five, that means though, you could have looked <laughs> even more shredded. I know. I I just the reason I work out. I love working out hard, and I do with the weights, and I get. I do stuff every day. I take one day off, which is today. Today's like the day off where I don't do anything. We'll go to the park. It's my day after. It's my fun day. So we do the podcast, which is fun. And then I got a fun day where we just go hang out. But the rest of the time I work out, 
But the reason I do it, yeah, I do like to look in shape. I don't have to rely on the male hormone therapy. Yes, you guys, I know half you guys, if not more, my age. I would say half. I'd say 75% to 90% are doing the male hormone maybe, therapy. Maybe a certain contractor we've had on the podcast. I know you guys do it because you think you need it. And I just tell you guys, just step your game up. You just got to make your workouts more intense. But um, yeah, that's, that's the thing is, is that – it's to, yeah, it's to look like you're in shape, and I, I'm back to getting to where I was, where I felt like when I did the video shoot, the magazine shoot. I think I think I'm a little bit bigger actually, because I'm doing more lifting and less running, but I still run a hell of a lot. But it's also so I can eat what I want, dude. Now with colitis, I have to be careful. I can't eat ice cream. I can't drink milk because I I'll flare up. But yeah, I want if I ha- want to eat a plate a pizza or I want to eat nachos or I want to go have a chocolate bar. I can go do it because I, I, I've got my metabolism back up yes. where it needs to be, you know, you know, as I do with that. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I, and honestly, when, when I do diet, I have done that once I get injured. If I try to diet and shred and I try to run, I, I, I go down, man. I have as a runner and I learned that from cross country because there's some real thin ones out there, but a lot of them, they're not solid. You know, they'll have a little bit of that just a little bit of that fat and water because you need it as a runner, especially if you're running all the time, you need a little bit of that to stave off injury. And if you have a muscle mass and you're a runner, you need, you need a little bit. Yeah. yeah, And especially for regularly, I just meant, you know, because (laughs) you, you know, this I'm sure, but you know, a lot of the guys you see on the cover of these magazines, um, fitness models and stuff, they're not in their best shape when they do those covers yeah. often. So yeah. a, a week, you know, they, a week out, they kind of prepare where it's like, all right, we're going to cut carbs in half. And the next day yeah. we're going to cut those carbs in half. The next day we're going to cut that in half so that we practically have no carbs and then water. They're going to go from, you know, the big gallon of water to half a gallon of water yeah. to half yeah. of that. And so, yeah, th- <laughs> and I've, I've cut carbs before just to see how I would feel and see how it would look. And it's like you're lifting the little girl weights and they feel like you're really lifting something because you don't have that energy. So, yeah, a lot of the people you see on the cover of fitness magazines, men and women, they are not in their peak physical performance when they look like they are. And see, that's that's things where I was I always want to be in my peak peak physical performance. I don't want to have to diet to look. And I know that that's a lie, because when I have dieted and I have tried to shred out. I feel like shit. You're right. I don't have carbs. I, I can't. I feel like I try to run two miles. It feels like I ran 10 because I don't have that energy, that back. And I said, so if you want to get that shred, then lift heavy. But also you got to lift, lift um, a lot of reps as well. So you got to do both. That's how I lift. I'll do reps 22 to two. So when I come out from a run and I'll run first, that's what helps keep that shred down. keeps you a little bit more shredded too because you're getting the metabolism going first. But you do that. And then when you lift. You start at 22 reps, and as you go down from 22, 15, 15, 12, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, you just add weight. So you're not only getting the max reps and where you're getting the, the the long, lean muscle, but then you add the weight at two pounds, you're also getting the mass. So you're getting the best of both worlds. But I always say run first, And but you're right, brother. You, dieting and stuff, no, I want to look the best I am all the time, and that's that's how it needs to go, not just so I diet to be a magazine cover. So, yeah, I had actually just got off a plane. I was hungry. I ate a thing of nachos. I had plain food before and I went to the, and I won't say the, the range name because I think there are a bunch of turds over there, but I went to the range and he's like, yeah. And it wasn't even planned that way. He goes, yeah, let's, you shred. Cause I, I guess I was wearing a medium shirt. 
And he says, yeah, take, can you do that? I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. And I did, and we did the shot. I thought it was a joke. It wasn't even a woman doing those those shots, man. Come on. It was a dude. No, it was a dude. He does a lot of photos. Fo- actually, he does photos for Ballistic, GQ, um, Maxim. Ma- Maxim Look, Magazine. I know I know you're married, but secretly you wish it was a hot chick behind the lens that you could be doing those I, poses for. I refuse to. I will not answer that question. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. Because getting shirtless to take photos for a guy, you probably got to be like, this is a little weird. It was a little awkward, <laughs> but that's the thing. You get kind of, okay, what, this, this is how it is. And believe me, it went right back on after, after that. <laughs> but... That's how I feel. Like, yeah, did you die? No, I actually had a plate of nachos and airplane food right before I got there, and I hadn't a chance to do anything. Um, so, yeah, yeah, nachos. I, this guy, Frank Westcott. Frank, hey, buddy, I know Frank. He goes, nachos equals gains. Very, very <laughs> We're going to have to put the, that uh, picture up for the uh, when we do the highlight of this show so dude, people can dude. see that you were eating <laughs> nachos before. That's That's crazy, man. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm usually the same way. I, I think just being flexible with what you eat is important, and otherwise you're going to crash and burn. But this conversation has me nostalgic in terms of reps and sets because I haven't seen the inside of a gym since I think March 16th, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I, I am. That's one thing I knew, and I always wanted at my house, and I, I was able to do it is having my own gym at my house. And again, it's in my dungeon. It's not the prettiest places down there. There's, there's, it's a storage area too. So there's boxes and shit everywhere, but I have great, great top of the line equipment down there, uh, whether it be treadmills or bikes, you know, and, and then also Smith machines, free weights, kettlebells. And then I can walk right out my back door and I can be out under my porch and I work out in the heat too. I love the heat. So that's the beauty of, of not worrying about a gym is that I have a gym at my house. And honestly, I'm enjoying it so much. I think I'm going to just get rid of my gym membership and just because I'm, I'm not using it. It's open 20. I, I had a I, I just belong to what's it? Tw- not 24, not 24 hours fitness. Um, LA fitness, the, the purple one. The per, that was is that LA, LA fitness? Oh, a, a planet fitness, planet fitness, because planet the one fitness where you can't you can't lift heavy weight and throw the weights. Oh, you can't, but that's also not a bad thing because you got the meatheads going in there. They got plenty. But. I don't really use it anymore because I got I, I don't like I like to go run around my neighborhood, then come right back to my gym and work in my house. I and, do. You know, what's weird, though. I miss the uh, camaraderie <laughs> and and at least where I am at UFC gym. Um, that's yeah. not where I worked, but where I work out of a lot. They had the sauna. And, you know, what was interesting about those conversations, man. I could tell you uh, this is probably weird for some people who are not a part <laughs> of that community. But sometimes you're in the sauna with guys and the gym I went to. There were guys who were a part of my gym that were there regularly that were police officers. And then there were people at the gym who were like Bernie Sanders supporters. And you know what? You'd be in the in the sauna with these guys and you'd have an interesting conversation yeah. and it wouldn't be any yelling. And it just it, it made you realize like we, we really can all get along regardless of our beliefs on things. I, I don't mean to sound all kumbaya to some of you guys, <laughs> but it is true, man. Social media, it's like I, people get off on being so divisive and hateful to one another. And then kind of when you're in that camaraderie of uh, guys who share the same interest of working out and staying fit, um, I, I also think just that in itself leads to a more positive mind state. Um, 
I know Arnold Schwarzenegger wrote about it in his book, how, you know, people who don't get that healthy release of adrenaline, that healthy release of, uh, you know, those hormones and testosterone and all that, they're going to get annoyed by the simplest things. Someone cuts them off in traffic and they're like, fuck, you know, and if you're someone who goes for runs and works out, you're like, you know what? No big deal, man. And I mean, you embody that. We've had technical things happen with the podcast and you're like, no big deal, man. And I I think that's in that's and attribute both to your service, but also to you being a guy who runs and and stays fit and stays active and, you know, isn't going to fly off the handle over some minor thing. I agree. And and not everybody can do that, do the deployment stuff and get your, you know, be able to work on staying calm through combat or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) So what's the next best way to do it? Yeah. Get a workout in work out. It does relax you. Running is spiritual to me. Why do I call it spiritual? Because it relaxes me. Because it allows me to clear my head. It allows me to get back in touch with myself, which I think what which I think the meaning of spiritual is. So whether it's running or going to the gym, and I I, I don't poo-poo the gym. I, I used to need to go to the gym to have that, whether even with my headphones, just to have an interaction with people around me. As a younger person, when I was in my 30s, I needed that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think people do need the gym just to get that camaraderie, even if you're not talking to anybody, just to be able to visually see yes. people around. And even like seeing the guy and there, there were plenty of them at the gym. I was at seeing the guy who was an amputee, you know, giving it his all seeing the guy who lost a leg, whether it was from combat or a car accident, it, it motivated me seeing the person who was morbidly obese and, you know, 200 pounds overweight, really uh, really going in on the treadmill and really kicking ass, that, that motivates me. Doesn't that make you smile, dude? I love seeing that stuff. That yeah. made me, when I go in there, and that's the thing with, with Planet Fitness is because you don't have the, the meathead mentality, the gallon of water jug and the pre-workout. And <laughs> I'm you totally get people like, that. like that at Planet Fitness. <laughs> but you get people like that Planet Fitness. I remember that, yeah, this they're just starting to work out, but they're getting after it. And they may not have the cool gym clothes and all that, you know, like, and I love seeing that, man. I, I mean, I walk by him and I just, I just look at him, like, <laughs> head nod, give him like good job. And it was like, good job, man. That's because you got to start somewhere. Yes. And they maintain it. Everybody started somewhere and they're doing it and they're motivated to do it. And when, especially when I see him there and we used to, you know, me and my wife used to go to Planet Fitness before all the hibbity-bibbity virus. So we yeah. And it was it, when you're seeing them there continually for months, two months, three months on end, you know, they're getting after it. And you know, they're enjoying the <clears throat> enjoying the results, seeing the results, personal satisfaction. So that's like, hey, yeah, you want personal satisfaction? Get off social media and go to the gym and look at yourself in the mirror from and feel that confidence. And then and then then, OK, yeah, go ahead and post a pic. Yeah, go put, hey, look at look at look how well I'm doing. Be proud of that. But then again, don't get wrapped up into it. So you got it's, it's that fine line, man. You got to you got you got you can't cross that line. But I, I I don't have a problem with people doing that on social media every once in a while. It's when they do it overboard. It's just yeah. too much. It's, it's you know what it is, and, and it's two different things. Social media is uh, instant gratification. You know, you get all these likes. You don't have to put any work in and. Uh, working out is a totally different thing. It's like this prolonged yeah. gratification. And yeah. I went for a run yesterday for the first time in a couple of weeks. I kind of fell off. And I think part of it is for me, if I'm going to work out, like I was doing those park workouts where I was doing push ups and, you know, doing some pull ups and all that, you could kind of, at least for me, you could kind of half ass that where you're like, eh, I'm not really feeling today, but I still did something. If I'm going for a run, 
I am going to go for it. So sometimes you're like, I really don't want to do this. But then when you get done with it and you're back at your house and you were drenched in sweat, yeah, you're yeah. like, I am so glad I did this, man. It's a great feeling. It, 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 and no matter how much, even if you half-ass a run, if you put the miles in, you're still going to get something out of it. You are running because you, you, you got to go and you, you got to you got to move. And there's times I there are days that I'll run far fast and, and I'll go hard. And there are days where I just want to take it easy. But I'm still getting something out of it when you're running. You always are because you're getting that heart rate up. Whether And I, I tell you to tell people to really get out of your comfort zone. And I learned this from cross country runners. I learned a lot from cross country runners on how to run and how to train to run. Um because I wasn't a natural long distance runner. I could sprint, but I hated distance. Sucked. So they just said, all you got to do is just get out of your comfort zone once a week. That's it. Whether do my repeats, whether, you know, push where your heart rate is 90% of close to max, you know, get it there. And then the rest of the time, just put in miles. They said, that's what they always say. Just put in miles, just miles, whether it's one mile, whether it's eight miles, that adds up to in the end getting improving and making it better. So that's where people, I think, where they quit running is they go out and they run and they crush themselves or they go beyond what they should their first time out. And they're like, Oh, this sucks. And it does suck. <laughs> it does. The, the endorphins, it, this, you're out of breath. But I tell people, just do that once a week. The rest of the time, just go put in a mile, go put in some miles. And when you have that ability, like you do with the park, with the pushups, Oh my gosh, that is with the breakup, but you're getting so much out of it but you really don't feel like you're winded as much as you do when you're still straight running because you do stop and you do push-ups or pull-ups, but you are so shocked at how much you're improving yourself by doing those, those stations is what they're called. Yeah. And, and if you have that ability, I would recommend you do that all the time and it's fun and you're outside and, and you do kind of sometimes, oh, am I half-assing it? No, you're not. You just are getting that breathing back down while you're doing sit-ups, but you're still improving because you're working on your muscles, whether it's your core your shoulders, doing push-ups, working on a full body, upper body with push-ups. So, yeah, yeah, brother, definitely. I, I got another. We got another question. Here. Let's do it. Um, what other hobby? Okay, question. What other hobbies do you have aside from working out and spending time with your family? Do you ride a motorcycle or play golf? You want to take that one first? Or you want me to? Oh, my, I mean, yeah, my hobbies. I've talked about it on here. Probably, <laughs> I love going to concerts. Love occasional casino. What are your hobbies now that you can't go to concerts? Though? Yeah, love occasional casino trips. You know what I've been doing the driving range with my friend Steve, as I've been talking about. I've I've really been enjoying that. So that's been cool. Um, you know, I love doing nature stuff. Love going to the beach. I mean, that is one of the great things about living on Long Island. Um, so yeah. What about you? I, this is actually a good question because I do feel like your life revolves around working out, family life, and I I know you love movies. I know you love movies. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. And that's uh, that's why I love my 60 inch TV downstairs and having every movie channel there is, whether it be from Voodoo to Netflix. So I can watch whatever I want. I, I love movies. Um, but hobbies. Yeah, hobbies. You know, I, I don't know if you count that as a hobby anymore, running and working out. Another hobby, fishing. I love fishing when I can get out there. And um, but movies, I just I love watching movies, dude. I do. That's my thing. And um. On the weekend, it wouldn't be a hobby. I think people would consider this work, but a hobby to me, I like mowing my lawn. To me, that's a hobby, <laughs> working in my yard, because I, I haven't got to do it for so many years continually. I really enjoy that. Um, when fall comes around, hobbies are, I'm the one that decorates the house because I like seasons. So even on my mantle, I love Christmas. So when it's not a real season, I'm going to have Christmas stuff on my mantle all year round. Except when fall comes around, I'm going to switch that up. I'll go to Hobby Town and get me some 
give me some fall stuff or the pumpkins, corn stalks and stuff. And then when uh, it's uh, Halloween, put Halloween stuff up. So I'm, I'm a big season guy. I like to decorate the house a little bit as best I can. Um, spending time with my family, yeah. But do I? No, I don't ride a motorcycle. I used to until I laid it down twice. And I was like, eh, it's probably not my best thing to do is motorcycle. So play golf. I'm like Ian. I love to go to the driving range when I can. Yes, I play golf. I used to play it quite a bit. I just don't anymore because – I'm terrible at it, but when I get out there and play, yeah, and actually, uh, we'll have a 14th hour fundraiser. We're trying to get that set up at a, and that's the best way to do fundraisers. For, I believe our, our golfing outings. So definitely going to have a fundraiser next year set up by my buddy, Steven Smallwood and his business. Um, and I'll be at the golf course. So we, you got to come, especially, <laughs> especially if you're going to driving range, but no, I do love playing golf. I grew up playing golf. My dad started to teach me when I was five, he actually cut off some of his golf clubs cut him and he put some electric tape on him i learned on some short golf clubs my brother is actually a golf pro he he's a professional I, golfer. He's, I had no idea instructor. you know what i didn't even know you had a brother to be honest yeah yeah my brother mike yeah, he's two years younger than me he's a tremendous athlete we great you know it was, it was awesome growing up and playing football with a brother he went to high school we went to the same college so we played together not a um, ranger i suppose no no he, he he wanted to stay civilian which is he loved golf dude so when he got out of he had a football scholarship like yeah i did tremendous athlete and then when he left college, you know, he got his degree. He he loved golf, dude. Does he, he ever does he ever wish he enlisted, you think? <laughs> no. No. He did what he wanted to do. He he had his own golf shop, his own pro shop for the longest time. Um it, it was tough when when stuff started to get bought on the internet. A lot of those golf pro shops, those little mom and pop shops, kinda had to fold, which it his did. But he's still the golf pro and the head golf golf training guy out in Grand Junction at their Lincoln Park facility. No, he, he loved it. That guy, my brother would go play three rounds of golf in a day. You know, he's one of those guys. I know you probably know some of those. They, they just live on the golf course. And I don't blame him, man, especially in Grand Junction. Those are some of the beautiful, most beautiful golf golf courses in the world just because of the scenery and having the red lens and the book cliffs and having the Mesa and having the, the, the river, Colorado River come through it. So it's, it's wonderful. So, yeah, golf too. And then – um. Really, that's it. My my life really revolves around my family and movies and working out and going to the park. But that's family. But I love going to the park. Love it. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to definitely at some point some more like nature related trips. But there is plenty of nature in New York that I that I've been able to enjoy, and occasionally New Jersey, Connecticut, the surrounding areas. Um, unless there's anything else, I guess we'll wrap up here. We've been going uh, just about two hours. Yeah, where, where I got a question. Where in New, I mean, New Jersey, where? Where where in nature? Where's I didn't I mean, I've really only been to the city parts of New Jersey. Well, I mean, where? Jersey does have great beaches. Jersey's got great beaches. <laughs> um you know, I should just say, but there's there is other nature stuff that I I probably can't even think of off the top of my head. I mean, Long Island, I could tell you I just went recently to um it was not Rocky Point. I went to uh, I'd, I'd have to look back to where, but anyway, there's parts of Long Island that are just absolutely scenic and, and beautiful. So yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of beach stuff in New Jersey. There are national parks in New Jersey and that type of thing. So I need to see them. Definitely yeah. see them. I, I got two quick questions for you. Then we'll go. Cool. As maybe what I, of course we're leaving. So here's the speed round. I <laughs> speed round. Um, you, you, you golf still, you golf or just driving? I just do the driving range. I've never actually like played, you know, 18 holes. Gotcha. Okay. So, and my, I play my handicap probably 30. 
<laughs> oh man, awful now. Favorite 80s movie. Favorite what Go. movie? Favorite 80s movie. Go. 80s. Oh, man. You, you're going to have to go before me. I'm not as much of a movies guy. I can't think of as much. Yeah. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is mine. Favorite. Nice. I love that. I love that goofy ass, dorky movie. Or that's when all those terrible movies came out like that. It just can't be. But I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. See, this is tough because I, I was born in 86. So, so much of my favorite stuff is 90s. You know, you know the, we'll go, the original we'll the original Terminator is what, 88, I think? Something uh, like that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's 88. I no, love the original cool. Terminator. So That's a good one. And then all the any of the John Hughes movies that came out in the 80s are all good. I, all, that was pretty in pink and all that other stuff. Yes. And, yeah. Good stuff. Well, of course, Andrew Wilkow and I, Molly Ringwald. Come on. Hello. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I uh, I mean, Terminator 2 would probably be my preference, but that's uh, that's 90s. So. Yeah. That uh, is awesome, dude. I'm first Bu- oh, We got another one. Don Don Marie Austin. She said first Bueller. I forgot about that one. First yeah, Bueller's that's a great movie. For, and um and Lost. She's now everybody Lost Boys. And everybody's coming back with that. With Lost Boys was '90s though. Was it? I think so. And then um that, uh, one last thing. Hey, one last thing, guys. And we I think go. it may be '80s because Corey Feldman was, was one of the voices in Ninja Turtles, and I think uh, Ninja Turtles was 1990, and Lost Boys was pre Ninja Turtles, I believe. I those are that's a good movie too. The original Ninja Turtles, right? And the, now you're speaking of now Goonies as well. I'm thinking of Goonies. Yeah, the original Ninja Turtles was awesome. I love that movie. Good. Okay, last one. Uh, genre, what movie genre. What's your favorite? I'm a comedy guy. Like I could watch Night at the Roxbury again and again and laugh my ass off for you know Talladega Nights. So I'm I'm a comedy guy. I I would say comedy as well. I'm the same way. I'm the same like Will Ferrell, Step Brothers. Yeah. Um, Kathleen Wine Mixer. And I should say I'm a big documentary guy as well. I'm, a, I'm big on documentaries. Um, I'm with you there, too. I'm with you there, too. And and then all of the John Cusack, old move John Cusack movies were awesome. Yeah. Better Off Dead was another one. And uh, what's the love song movie where he put the... Oh, uh, that was say, is it Say Anything? Say Anything. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't the most personable guy when I met him. I, I don't think he's very personal. I, just from from, isn't he big? He he does the movies, but isn't he a very very big left wing politically outspoken guy? I think I he is. Movies, but that I, didn't I, it didn't come up. You know, I was just board hopping him, and and I could just tell he was very dismissive. But you know, yeah, I mean, it's weird because you can't judge someone on one interaction because you know yeah. who you, you guys are going to flame me. But you know who I met, and to me. Seems super cool pre all the pre all what we found out about him. I board opt Harvey Weinstein and he was oh. he couldn't have been nicer to me. I mean, I didn't know anything going on, you know, but like he came in himself, like no entourage, very down to earth. Uh, he was nice to me, obviously not a good guy, but you know, that's why you can't judge someone on one interaction. Yeah, you can. I and I've had those interactions where I people don't realize it may be my fifth event in two days. And I still don't talk to nobody. Like, yeah, yeah. And you're trying your hardest to be so nice, but all you can think about is getting out of there, getting some food, getting some privacy, and getting a bed so I can take a nap so I can go get a run in before I have to go catch another plane. I've always <laughs> seen you've been really personable with people, you know, So I, but I, I'm sure it happens, man. You Quentin Tarantino, when I met him, he couldn't have been cool. Most of the people that I met, and it was mainly when I worked at Sirius because Sirius, just everybody is there. 
most of the big name actors I met, most of the big name musicians I met, they were they were really nice people, man. It was more often than not that was the case than the occasional person who was I, I kind agree. of a dick. Everybody tries to be nice. They're, I think everybody does, and I did too. I, I just you just have those days. You're human. You're tired. You're like I just want to, and you you bit off more than you could chew, which is me. I would bite off more than I could chew sometimes. That's so that's why that's why. You know, we, with the podcast, why we, we were doing this once a week instead of twice, because I, I you may not be able to tell people out there may not have been able to tell, but I could tell that it was starting to kind of turn into work. And I didn't want that. Yeah. So and that's because you don't you're not your real person. You're just like, OK, let's just get it on with. You may not be being <laughs> a dick. If you're like, come on. And it wasn't that bad, but I could feel it because I had felt that before where I knew it was going that route. And you want to stop it before it gets to. Where yeah, I, and no, I think in what we do, we keep it uh, entertaining and enjoyable for both of us. But uh, Gary yeah, called you a freak boy, Gary Brugman. Just to let you know, Gary said, "Hey, hi." Ian, oh, Gary freak. Brugman, what's up, man? <laughs> what's up? There's another good podcast to check out. That crazy mofo. Yeah, and Gary, I love Gary's. I don't know if the people can hear me because you're on Facebook. But yeah, I, no, they can. They, they can. can? Yeah, oh, no, awesome! Can. I I yeah. love Gary's taste in music, man. We both love all the 80s hair metal stuff. So that's the interesting thing is even though I grew up in the 90s, I kind of went back to all that type of music. So like Gary, I love Faster Pussycat. And you were talking about your tattoos. I don't even know if you know. I have the Motley Crue Dr. Feelgood logo on my back. Oh, uh, hey. I, yeah, I love all boy, dude. <laughs> I, what'd you say? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there. No, we don't. I don't want Igor. Your call sign's Freak Boy. That's a hell of a lot better. Boy. I love that. Freak Boy. I you know, no, but I, it's even beyond the music. Uh, if you watch, you know, Nikki Six during interviews and or watch the uh, Motley Crue behind <laughs> the music, I've always found him to be a really inspiring guy and a guy who perseveres. And uh, the people that I love, just in general, the people I respect, you included, are people who persevere through things and and you know motivates me to be my best self. So it's more than even just the music of Motley Crue. Why I got that. Be better. It'd be great to get him on the show, too. I, I, you know, that's another guy where you grew up on that music. And I listen to that music overseas all the time. And I, I it's too bad they don't have a, the, uh, the Nikki Six show on. Was it, didn't he have his own station for a little while or was it on Octane? Yeah. Oh, he was doing, no, it was on Terrestrial. He did his, uh, it was oh, something six. Uh, but I, yeah, he had his own music show. Kind of the same thing as you, though. I think he was just like, I'm doing a lot of things at once and I'm going to put this aside. Um, and then there was the big Motley Crue reunion after the retirement where they were supposed to be touring this summer. That is not happening. It is apparently going to happen next summer, but who even knows if that's the case, man, because my friend, uh, my friend TJ army veteran was going to get married originally in October. Then they moved it up another six months. And then he just texted me yesterday and said, um, that the the venue he was at, which is not even in a hot spot, it was in, or maybe it is. He he's now living in Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and they said we are having no weddings in all of 2021. So now he may be moving up to 2022. You know, but that's my friend TJ, uh, Army Apache mechanic, uh, veteran. I, I I brother, I I hope all that stuff works out. I don't know. I'll just, I'm I'm content staying in my house, dude. And just getting out when, when I need getting out. Oh no, I should I get out quite a bit. Uh, but you know, I, I I never was a big that's that's your thing. I never was a big going to to concerts. I, I mean, I enjoyed it actually. When we, we mentioned New Edition, that was one of the first concerts I ever went to. Was, I think you haven't gone to enough concerts. I think that's that. I, no, I, they're they're fun. No, they're fun. Don't get no, they're fun. I'm not saying I'm miserable at them. I'm, 
I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting that point where I'm like, eh, I just want to stay home. I just think there is no way if you got to see Aerosmith like I did last year, as up close as I was. I mean, it was right there. There is no way you wouldn't have had a blast. I, I find it hard <laughs> to believe. You're probably right. They, they are fun when you get there. I'm, I'm just getting to that age though. And it's like, uh, I just like being at home. Eh, getting that eh, old old man. Eh, just let me <laughs> leave me alone. Eh. But I remember seeing New Edition, Johnny Gill, and Keith Sweat at Thomas Mack Arena in the '80s. That was my first concert. It was a cool. It, and that was and I was crazy. That was back college days. That was a great concert. For those of you who don't know, either New Edition, Johnny Gill, and Keith Sweat in one house at the same at that time. That was huge in Las Vegas. It was it was at Thomas Mack Arena. So I know we're the only on one I know by name is Bobby Brown, the great Bobby Brown. But uh, yeah, who doesn't know Bobby Brown? Yeah. Oh, it was, I'm sorry, it was and it was uh, not New Edition, Bell Bib Deville. Oh, so, all right, because I was like, how can you forget I Bobby Brown, bro? Oh, dude, I love that. dude. Yeah, that girl is poison. Okay, nice. I'm not gonna sing anymore. All right, well, <laughs> wrapping things up here, guys. Uh, as you know, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI, that's their trademark, tumble upon impact ammunition, outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you're going to receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. And we need your help, guys. Leave a review on Apple Podcast so we could uh, climb in those rankings. Because, yeah, I want to get back up there. We haven't been up there in a while. So we we always get great reviews, but it's been a little bit. So leave some reviews. Yeah, get some reviews in there, guys. All you listening, and we'll do some more of these video Facebook live videos, maybe when me and Ian, maybe this is what we do. It's just me and you. We just do a ramble and we do questions. I'm down. I, I enjoy it, man. Um, next week, uh, Jim West in studio, going to be the first in studio guest since getting back here. And then your friend that you served with, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> what? Oh my gosh. Tommy Block. I remember my brains. But if you've read <laughs> the Patriots Creed, Tom Block, uh, former Army Ranger uh, with Third uh, Ranger Battalion. Um, also served with Luke Ryan. That was on the show. Nice. It was the same unit. Uh, Tommy's tremendous. He's a warrior. He was he was blown up in a minefield in an operation. Um, lost his eye, but he's got a tremendous story and uh, how he also when he left battalion, not just being a ranger, being a ranger John, but also after he lost his eye, had some severe injuries. He rehabilitated and he, he worked in the human trafficking area, and then he left that. And now he's a, just a Again, he's like me. He's just he done he'd been there, done that. Now he's a tremendous father and a tremendous husband. So we'll get Tommy Block on. And if you've seen you guys have probably seen his picture with his prosthetic eye. He's the one that has the Captain America shield, I believe, on his eye. Or it's either that or the eagle, but it's a different on his prosthetic eye. So Tommy Block in a couple weeks. So yeah, check it out and 
check out the Patriots Creed virtual book signing for those that signed up. Thank you. And then also uh, Tunnel Toolbox. They're they're actually starting to go quick, and uh, I'm maybe out of them here in the next couple months. So grab them because this is it. This is the last ones are going to be made. Appreciate awesome, it. Man. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. <laughs> <laughs>